Welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 199. The Fast and Curious Tokyo Drift, lap 9. Ooh, 9999999. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And this episode is brought to you by Jacob's Vehicle Systems. This year, the Jake Brake turned 60 years old. Do you know what the Jake Brake is? Uh, I'm assuming it is a brake created by someone named jacob for drifting <laughs> no it's the brake in the truck that's the like the engine brake well shout out to yeah. jacob's what is yeah. it jacob's vehicle systems do you know what came out speaking of all those nines you know what came out on uh, 9999 what does that mean like on the, the date, date the no. date 9999 no no the Sega Dreamcast. Oh, dude, I loved my Dreamcast. I think I think that we should bring back VMUs. Do you remember? Did you have a Dreamcast? I did. So I I bought we're, we're, after the break. We're talking to Aaron Newworth about Tokyo Drift. Yeah. Um, I I bought a Dreamcast a week before they halved the price. Oh, like, I didn't buy it new, but like it did. It, it was a great system that was not very popular. That I think it came out at like two hundred dollars, and I want to say I bought it for like. A hundred, and then like if I had waited like literally four or five days, it would have been like fifty bucks, like right toward the end, or something some, like some version of that, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love the, the the Dreamcast, and um, yeah, I'm down for uh, for bringing back the VMU, so I can call my uh, NFL 2K plays without you knowing what I'm calling. Oh yeah, you could use it for that. I just remember that like Power Stone and like Sonic had like some What's Power Stone. You don't remember Power Stone? No. It was like a 3D kind of Tekken, kind of Soul Ca- like Soul Calibur was on it too, but Power Stone was like um, a fighting game, but it existed in 3D, and you could like throw boxes at your enemy and stuff like that. It was probably like one of the most fun games on Dreamcast, in my opinion. So, but Dreamcast I for me. Crazy Taxi. Yep. NBA 2K1, or 2K, 2K1, 2K2, Soul Calibur. Which I think got like a perfect score on IGN. I think that was one of the very few 10.0s for a while. So Calibur was on Dreamcast. I think that's it. But yeah, nine nine ninety nine, and then on nine nine oh nine, the Beatles Rock Band came out. Beatles edition of Rock Band. Yeah, they had a whole standalone game where they had like a bunch of songs, probably like forty or fifty songs. Oh yeah, that that's pretty cool. I was never like you, as you know, Rachel was super into it. I was never a really big game like video games that were musical things you know like rock band right well joe extracurricular activities what have you been up to aside from playing power stone since we last recorded uh last week my sister and boyfriend came to visit so we had them here all weekend well if people did their homework they would have heard you talk about that on twilight forever yeah they would have heard me talk about that but they've been here it was a lot of fun they were just like hanging out we ate a lot we went and actually met them in um, White Plains to yep, mm-hmm. meet a Jiukaku, which you and I have gone to before. So we did that first, and then they came back with us, and we went, oh, there's this cool place, I don't think I ever told you about it, at the Cabela's and Bass Pro Shop here in Bridgeport, Connecticut. They have an underwater-themed bowling alley Okay. called like Uncle Buck's Fish Bowl, I think it's called, or something like that. So like, in the front of the Cabela's, there's a bowling alley. And it's, like, sharks hanging from the ceiling and stuff like that. My sister had mentioned it before because she saw it in, like, one of these, like, BuzzFeed clickbait articles. I took her and her boyfriend this time, and um, we did that. We hung out, sat outside, 
projector hot tub food things and just had generally just like a chill weekend but nothing super crazy but we were just like chilling with them oh we were like investigating movies that they hadn't seen so we showed them a too fast too forever classic movie and a classic movie for everyone besides those two who had somehow not seen it uh back to the future Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. so I was like, like I look at my sister, I'm like, how the fuck have you never seen Back to the Future? And she made an excellent point, which was most of the movies that she saw as a kid were chosen by me, so this is just my fault that she had never seen Back to the Future. Touche. So we corrected wow, okay. that this weekend. Okay. And um, watch Back to the Future, watch What About Bob, like, you know, stupid movies like that. But sure. that's what we were up to. How about you, brother? Did I do anything actually? So Bob came down on Sunday. We did another lottery pod. Uh, we did the ninth of ten books. We're almost done with this depressing season, which is good. Did you see us? Did you see us making a joke on Justin's Facebook about this? No, I don't really use social. Who's us? So Justin posted this picture of him canoeing on a lake. Okay. And it was just like this beautiful shot. Here, let me like try to. I would never mind. It's just, it's just him. I'll describe it to you. It's him. <laughs> canoeing on a lake and it's fucking gorgeous right it's very serene but i said hey this looks like this could be an album or a book cover and he said yes it's called running mild or something like that and it's going to be covered by you guys on lottery pod next week love it perfect (laughs) so we were so there was a there was a lottery pod slash joke about and i said it does look like one man's confrontation with grief you know just rowing endlessly into a lake by himself so that is our brand that (laughs) is on brand (laughs) yeah Go ahead, continue. Sorry to stop you. Uh, no, we did that, and then we watched. We, you know, normally when he comes over, we like. So if a, if a book has been adapted into a movie, we'll watch the movie. Then we'll yeah. do a bonus or something adjacent. Patreon. Yes. Uh, this time we didn't do that. We we started a different thing, which we're not saying anywhere but on the Patreon. Just that we're alluding to it. So I can't I can't even spill the tea here. Oh, but oh no. Instead of uh, the movie, we watched the first two episodes of the History of the Atlanta Falcons, which I really like. The YouTube series that John Boyce and the, the Secret Mariner Base guys one. did. Yeah. Yes. I don't like it as much as the Mariners because I don't know as much about the Falcons as I did the Mariners. And also, okay. like, I like baseball more or whatever, but, like, yeah. it's great. Also, the the second episode ends. Like, so my favorite part, the, the coolest part of the Mariners thing, they build up to it. Like, they have each episode chunked by years, but also, like, to another point in time or whatever. And so, like, the Mariners Like a milestone. Thing, yes. And okay. so it's usually, like, a new player comes around. And, like, when they got to the Ichiro one, like, just, like, I was thinking about it, just, like, the way that they set up, it just it's amazing. But then the end of the second episode, because there's there's either four or five out now. There's going to be seven, which is more than I thought there was going to be. Oh, yeah, there's you said seven. only, like, five before, but yeah. Yeah, because the Mariners thing was five or six, and there's going to be seven of these. But the second part ends with a picture of Dion, which is, like, okay, cool, we're getting into, like, the good okay. shit. Cool, yeah. cool, 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 cool. So that's going to be part three. There's also like there's a really cool thing that they that I saw on Twitter that somebody that they retweeted that they they show because you know like the Falcon Stadium was also where the Braves played so like they had the infield or whatever that's pretty common yeah. yeah so they had in the span of like four days let me see if I can find the tweet um, I actually don't know when people find it whatever I'll describe it to you just like you describe things to thank me. you. Uh, they have like they drew circles and I have not seen this yet it's going to be in, in part three but they drew circles on like second base or something and then like the 50 yard line or something. And it's like Dion stole second base here on the 21st and on the 24th, he had like a strip sack fumble. It was like, it's like how in like, in like oh. 15 yards apart. It's like, <laughs> That's crazy. How the fuck is this one guy doing like superhuman things? Two sports. Two sports. Two sports. 
in the same stadium, right? Four like, days it's, apart. It's, yeah. it's nuts. It's absolutely crazy. So that had to be part of his thing, right? Like he could only. I I don't I don't remember that much about it. But I don't what, know. Like, yeah, Dion had to have like only been able to play for the Braves, right? So that he could play on the same. Like so that he could play well, in the same about... city, right? Because this isn't like Russ. This isn't like Russ like batting with the Yankees in the off season. No, like no. Cause he was you playing. Think, you think about yes. You think about in terms of overlapping time. He would only like at most like if the Falcons made it to the two. Wait, no. If the Braves made it to the World Series, he would miss maybe like up to five or six games. Like you know, like, like, theoretically. So it's yeah. not like a crazy overlap, but it's also sort of significant. I don't know. We'll find out. I'll find out next uh, next time. So I'm gonna watch probably the next two. Cool. Actually, I don't know because the next one we're doing Bob and I got this movie adaptation. We'll figure it out. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, but I do. Speaking of movies, I have a movie recommendation. Okay. To end all movie recommendations for you. Hit let me. me see before before I build there. Let me see if there's anything else that I watched since last time of note. I finished a show, brand new Cherry Flavor, on Netflix, which is good, not great. It's very weird and gross, which I was into. Cool. And I also finished the Bond series. Thank God. So I'm on to the next thing there. I saw uh, your I rankings. That was pretty. Two. Funny. I have two new uh, recommendations for you. Older movie so one was this movie called phase four which bob recommended to me which is and like i'm not gonna even tell you anything about either of these beyond a certain point because if you if you if they sound interesting just watch them but phase four something happens in space 1974 i just want to like open the tab just to bookmark it i'm not going to read anything that's fine okay something happened this one you can like know a little bit about but something happens in space and every ant on earth sort of like mutates or morphs or something they become like a hive mind okay. and they start working together to conspire against humanity so okay, that's cool. phase four okay. and like it's about these two guys who are trying to solve it or whatever you know stop it whatever but the, the, the other one and this is so phase four is also on canopy which is the same library, library streaming service that i talked about last time yeah with the world's fastest indian yep Shout out Haley. But the other one, this one is not anywhere. I found a copy of it and then I bought it on eBay. There is this movie called Possession from 1981. Okay. Okay. I do not read anything about it. You and Rachel need to see this one because it's a it's a horror movie. Okay. I can't even begin to describe it. it, it its reputation precedes it. Cult classic a little bit? Cult classic a little bit? Is that what you're yeah, trying to tell so, me? Yeah. Okay. It, it was banned in America. Oh, that's a good I start. Think, or banned in the UK and edited heavily edited here. But they didn't edit out the crazy stuff. They, for some reason, edited out like the the, the, the connective tissue, like the conversations <laughs> oh, and stuff. Perfect. So they only left the crazy stuff. I don't know. It, that seems wild. Okay. But this movie, it's... It, I, I I have no words for it. It is the craziest movie, and like it's. How did you just, see it? Why did you see it? Who told you about it? How did you get there? So I had been. It, it's on best horror lists. Okay. It has a four point one on Letterboxd. A lot of friends. So like you know, every year I'd been going through. Last couple years at least, I've been going through Letterboxd and like finding new horror movies that I wanted to see. Not new horror movies, but horror movies that are new to me. And this is one that was both popular ish like seventy six thousand people which is not bad for an older movie that especially you can't find yeah a high rating and like all my friends really like it or whatever like uh dan scully recent guest gave it five stars garrett smith gave it only three stars past guest awesome wolf southern gave it five stars okay you know it's it's one of those kind of things movie heads know it yes i was okay. like i need to find this movie i need to see this movie like this movie made me squirm and no movies make me squirm like, I am so really? desensitized to horror yeah. and all this shit that, like, nothing I see 
phases me. Yeah. And this, I was like, what the fuck? Okay, good. But I think I think you will like it. Uh, it's directed by this, I think, Polish guy, Andrzej Zulowski. So shout out to the Poles out there. I know I've I've said a lot of things that also have meant nothing, but it's okay. Possession. No, I like this excitement. The the energy is good. Yeah, it's a good sell. Uh, unbelievable, cool. unbelievable. So like Ricky O levels of bonkers. I would say probably crazier than Ricky O, <laughs> which I know, which I which I understand what that sounds like. I understand how that that comes across. No, but it's okay. Well, yes, yes, that uh, you know, on that type of thing. Cool. Okay. So. I'm going to try to find a copy. Maybe I'll borrow your copy mm-hmm. or something, but yeah. I'll it was also it. like one where I'm like, as soon as I started watching it, it's just like, oh, I need to own this movie. Yep. <laughs> I looked on Amazon. It's like, because they had like 2,000 copies and it was out of print. And Amazon, like, you know, people on Amazon, like, the price on Amazon does not necessarily reflect anything. It's just like, oh, like, only one other person has it up there and it's like $400. So like, I'll list mine for $395. That doesn't mean it's going to sell or whatever. Yeah, but like, exactly. it's all like $150 or more. And I'm like, I don't want to spend that much on any movie. So on, on eBay. eBay and there was one guy had it for 40 new and i was like yeah okay like that's a lot for a movie but like for an out of print unfindable limited edition copy of a thing yes worth not it. much so that'll be here in a week or so cool but yeah possession man nice. fucking insane so. <laughs> okay <laughs> okay that's all i got um we have a we have a patreon page too fast to forever.com shout out to cassie wilson jake freer ben milliman nick burris alex ellen and justin Kleiman, brian rodriguez of Ooh. high school slumber party Haley gerbys west hampton christian larson jerry robinson dan the duke hayden renato Donato, michael mcgann and jessica collins aka montez. montez thank you all so much for supporting us the five dollar a month level or above and joey mentioned it but um i was on a high school slumber party this yeah. week or last week when this comes out uh, talking about Eclipse, and it took us approximately five minutes to, for Kate to bring up Edward's dick. It goes off the rails pretty much immediately. Do you guys think Edward masturbates? Kate, you ask that every episode. <laughs> I do? <laughs> yes. Yeah, five minutes in. That's what yeah. happened, mm-hmm. and it was actually a lot of fun. And the episode's honestly pretty good. So check that out. High School Summer Party is split into two parts. Part one is out now. Feels, part two feels is kind of soon. appropriate with, you know, Breaking Dawn part one and part two. Like part Eclipse Part One and Part Two of the episode, sure. it tracks. We have a bonus episode coming up between this episode and the next one. So if you join the Patreon now, you'll get access to that bonus episode. Bonus oh, cool. episode, I think number fourteen or something. So uh, yeah, it's yeah, adding up. It's getting there. It's almost a full lap's worth. So yeah, check it out. Too fast. Too forever. We also have an email address: family at cageclub.me. And we have three emails, one of which is a YouTube comment. Okay. Was this actually a YouTube comment or is this not? Oh, yeah, it actually is. Yes. Because um, sometimes I, you know, like, that's not a Bel Air. It's a two, whatever. Okay. Yeah, 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 whatever. yeah. Okay. <laughs> First, though, I, I should have read this a couple episodes ago. I forgot. Remember Wes was listening to, I think it was the, uh, I don't remember who was doing it. Entertainment Weekly maybe was doing interviews leading up to F9. And yes, he was telling all us facts. And I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah. just email in just, and whatever. So we read one, I think about either four or five. And then... He sent one in about six. I just forgot. I got buried in my starred email. So here's one that we were supposed to read for F6, which I was thinking like Tokyo Drift is kind of like Fast and Furious 6 part two, even though it came first. So Yeah, true. It says, what up fam? I just wanted to drop a quick bit of interesting info I learned. One of the more interesting things I've heard was Jordana Brewster on the F5 episode talk about how her role in six was significantly reduced because she was locked into a television contract for a show she wouldn't name. I'm assuming Dallas, based on the timing, and they wouldn't give her the time she needed to work on the movie. She said she was really afraid they were going to cut her from the movie entirely, but Justin Lin assured her 
he would find a way to keep her in as much as possible. So the whole issue of sidelining her in six was really outside of everyone's control, and she seemed pretty bitter at the TV experience with good reason, and said she would never make that mistake again. According to her, in general, the plot still involved her being kidnapped, but it was a much bigger part of the movie, and she would have had much more screen time than the little bit she got. So it wasn't all misogyny that took her out of the action, just shitty Hollywood contracts. So... That sucks. That sucks. That really, really sucks. I feel bad for her. You know, it sucks because, like, she... I'm happy that she got the TV work. It sucks that it screwed her out of the movie work, and obviously we love her as Mia a lot, so... Mm-hmm. Sucks. And also, you know, just... Uh, fate Again, like, fate would mess with her when, you know, not that she's the one that really lost out here, but, like, when Paul died, Brian and Mia both kind of go away, right? So... Yeah, yeah. Actually, on the topic of Mia, I want to bring this up now in case we forget later, because I don't know what we're going to talk about with Aaron. But remember last episode, this is actually something that fan favorite Garrett Smith mentioned on Twitter, that he really loved the conversation, had like a whole thread about it. But about how with Nico and Kevo, they were saying that Brian represents Dom. Missing like, to Jacob. Dom, Jacob, right, yes. Yeah. I was wondering, does Brian also represent Jacob to Mia? Because yeah. we know in F9, she looked for Jacob for like a full year or whatever yeah. after Dom banished him, or she was in contact with him for a year and whatever, she even broke into a prison or whatever she did to try to yeah, find more information, house. right? Yeah. So obviously she doesn't have a romantic relationship with her brother, but Phil's kind maybe of the void. sees Brian as like, you know, a stand-in for the brother she lost, in a way? I, I think so. And physically, you can imagine that a young John Cena and a young Paul Walker looked more similar than a young Dom. You know what I mean? So I can I can see it. You know, there's all these things that, like, you, you always see, like, a girl, and you're like, she found someone that was just like her father, right? Right, yeah. You know? And so, like, I can imagine something like that. That's pretty cool. So he fit, and he fit the family well, too. You know what I mean? So, like, yes, although we did talk about it specifically with, in the context of, like, Dom finding Jacob, Mia definitely could have found a lot of Jacob and Brian, too, so, yeah. Age, physical appearance could have, like, lured her to him, but then, you know, he was, like, a little mysterious, a little different. Her brother was gone. I get it, yeah. Yeah, so I was just thinking about that. Why why do I even think about that? I don't remember, but I was just like, oh, Mia? Yeah. Brian? Jacob? Maybe. Maybe. The YouTube comment is from GamersslyRatchet1, who I know the name either from YouTube comments or maybe they also follow us on Twitter. That also sounds familiar. This is on the Spy Racer South Pacific episode from two episodes ago. Okay, wow, okay. It's funny, the beginning of season two as a recap, even though not a lot happened story-wise, yet I feel this season could have used one to reintroduce a lot of the season one characters, which is what I was saying, like, it's a tall ass to be like, hey, remember these characters from the first three or four episodes that have never come back? Yep, I agree. Here they are in season five, like, kind of playing sort of big roles, so yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't want a Lost style, like, oh, like we talked about it before, like, oh, it's a French woman, but like, maybe remind us who these people are, because like... What are you doing? Yeah, because you had, like, Sashi back. You had the kid with the tacos. I forget his name that, like, they stole the car from in the first one. You had the Russian guy, Sashi's minion guy. Yeah, there was a lot of people. I agree. I wish I wish we could have had some kind of background. You know what? In this case, with Spy Racers, I wouldn't have even regretted a previously on, like, Lost. Yeah. Just give us the fucking rundown and be like, okay, pay, remember these guys? Okay, they're back. Oh, you don't remember these guys? Yeah, neither do neither do we. <laughs> but I, I think it's a tall ask that this is a show made for children. Unless you watched... We watched this... We watched season one, what, three or four times at this point? Uh, We watched... No. Three. Twice? At least twice. Three times, I thought. Once for us, then once with Nico and Kevo. 
Okay. I don't think we watched it three times. I can't imagine I would have been like, no, I'm good. Yeah, twice I think we... But even still, we watched it twice, and we're still like, hmm, I don't remember those people. Like, vaguely, vaguely remember those people. Right, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and our last email... Thank you to Gamer Sly Ratchet for commenting on YouTube. The YouTube thing is weird. Like, people watch, people comment, but, like, we have, like, eight views. So it's like, I don't know, but people, like, I think, you know... If that's your medium... Yeah. I don't do any work to actually do it. I just, you know, let the computer make a video. But, yeah, it's cool. I'm glad that people actually comment there it's cool yeah it's good it's it's a good outlet that gives them some other place to watch it i know that i know that there's people that really love youtube my friends use it all the time for everything so yeah yeah it's cool and our last email today from justin Kleiman, subject line look at the locksmiths in the room he says way to go joe you nailed it that part of the door assembly is in fact the latch remember we were talking about the trailer with the chain yes yeah what is the name of this thing Regarding our Spanish foods we tried, it wasn't snail season. There's a snail season, so no, no caracoles for us this time. We had the whole story about this, a snail season. Come on. I don't remember that, man. I think snails are gross, so I'm not going to remember snail season. Sorry, Justin. <sighs> I did. I did, Justin. How do you remember that and, like, literally nothing that I need you to remember? <laughs> don't, don't ask questions you don't want answers to. On the coast, we ate our fair share of seafood. Our favorites were grilled octopus, octopus salad, and calamari croquettes. I tried mm. paella, paella negra, which has squid ink in it. It just Ooh. tastes like paella, but turns your mouth black. Very cool. Okay. Yeah, like squid ink pasta. I'm a fan. Yeah. In the mountains of Aragon, the meals are very wild game centered, and you feel really medieval. We ate boar sausages, oxtail Ooh. soup, an amazing baked rabbit, etc. One thing we easily could have skipped was Zarajo. It's sold everywhere as an appetizer. It's grilled lamb intestines around a grape twig. All I can say is it definitely has a flavor, a flavor that encourages drinking more beer to cover it up. Yeah, all of these, like, appetizer slash aperitif things are an acquired taste. I've gotten a lot better with the Italian ones because, you know, like, you eventually, like, work your way into them. Yeah, I, d- I don't want grilled lamb intestines, actually. I just don't want it. I would try it. I mean, I think I told I think I, I told the story. It's not really a story, but uh, at, when I was in uh, Scotland for that wedding, they gave us haggis at the wedding, but they didn't tell us what it was. And it was delicious. But, like, if we knew that it was, what is that, like, sheep's stomach or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would have tried it, but I would have been like, ugh. But, like, this is just like, oh, it's just, like, other food that I don't know what it is. Oh, it's delicious. Oh, that was haggis? Cool, right? So. Yeah, you know. no wonder why you, f- like, people love it, right? Like, there's yeah. there's a reason why it's a famous thing, so. People go crazy for the hamon, which we had, but as Joe said, it's for me, it's the cheese. Oh, speaking of hamon, we wanted to um, buy a hamon for our fantasy baseball draft. Okay. But it's like $900. Yeah. <laughs> but like it comes with like, a, you also get like a knife with it. Like yeah. Like you get a hamon carving knife and stuff. But yeah. like, me, like it, it was really like for me and two other guys, we're just like, if we all put it, the three of us would put away a dollar a day for a year. That's a hamon, so we didn't do it. Because <laughs> we're like, like we don't though. need what is it like twenty pounds of like cured ham or whatever, whatever yeah. it is. So, yeah, yeah. but you know, I had a wedge at the twenty nineteen bronze award for the World Cheese Awards. It was so good. Everybody <gasps> tastes like you were eating a whole pizza. I wish I'd brought back more. I still have a wedge of the twenty nineteen gold medal winner in my fridge, and I'm gonna try this weekend with friends. Well, please keep us in the loop about this gold medal. If the if the bronze was that good, I can't imagine what the gold is. I'm a cheesehead. When we were in Spain, we went to like this some random deli kind of Spanish place that Bourdain went to to just eat cold cuts and cheese and stuff like that. And this is my dream. I, I could just like live on this forever. So I'm very cool. jealous. That sounds awesome. In conclusion, it's I like that this is like an essay. In conclusion, <laughs> 
Spain is cool. Now, in conclusion, it's a beautiful place. You can eat your way across very easily and cheaply. We repacked and expanded our suitcases and brought a whole bunch of food home. It's easy to understand why Dom and the family set up shop in the Canary Islands. Well, cool. True. Very cool. Very, Thank very you for cool. sharing, Justin. I'm jealous of your trip. But uh, yeah. yeah, the pictures were awesome, and you continue to post awesome pictures. And I'm yeah. glad you guys look like you had a fucking blast. So, and that's all the emails for today. Family at cageclub.me. If you want to send the notes about the the movies or Spain or whatever, family <laughs> at cageclub.me. Joe on the street. Talk. We do a lot of food talk here. We do. Maybe you know snail talk, etc. <laughs> uh, Joe on the streets. News about the Fast and Furious. Two things of note. Number one. The day this episode comes out, Tuesday the 7th, the director's cut will be available, of F9, F9, will be available on VOD. And then in two weeks, on the 21st, the director's cut will be available on Blu-ray. I'm amped. Yes, me too. I'm going to have to dip into the uh, Patreon coffers and do a uh, rental or a buy or whatever it is, because I'm buying the Blu-ray, so I'll have it, I'll have code on the 21st, but like, next week. Wait. Yeah, next week we are doing with... Heather Antos, F9, who we saw F9 with. So oh, that's right. Uh, so, you know, when we watch it, I'm going to have to, we're going to have to watch the new one on Tuesday to record on Wednesday, right? Like, that's just, it's just what has to happen. I think that's what we're going to have to do because I want to talk about the new stuff at least. And hopefully Heather likes the movie. But she mm-hmm. seemed to in the theater. She did. And she, and I was like, you're going to watch a movie again with us? She's like, do I have to? I'm like, yeah, I would, I would like, I would like you to. I mean, this was back when we saw it in theaters, not recently, right? So, yeah, it was like know, we'll months say. ago. That was weeks ago. Yeah. And the director's cut confirmed is two hours and 29 minutes, which is seven minutes longer than the theatrical version. So we saw the one scene. I I guess I, in my brain, I was thinking those scenes were deleted scenes, but maybe there's deleted scenes and extended scenes. I don't know. But like that scene with me and Don that we talked about last episode, maybe that's in the movie. I don't know. Well, it'll help us if they put it in the movie to get the context of like where it was. Because remember, yeah. we were trying to figure out like, where does this actually fit? So yeah. I wouldn't mind that. We'll find out. And the only other news that I have seen, and we can go see if you said anything, is that uh, people are thinking F10 will be called FX, X as in 10, because Vin Diesel posted a picture on Instagram of his son with FX shaved into the side of his head. So people are thinking maybe instead of fast 10-year seatbelts, it could be called FX. And I sent this to you. Do you want to tell people what, uh, you thought it me- what you thought it meant? I thought it meant that Vin Diesel's son got a role on FX, the television channel. Corey made that joke. Simo made that joke too. FX is the movies. Yeah, no, it's no, yeah, it's not. No, it's not crazy to think. It's just it was. I'm just like, no man. F10. <laughs> yeah, You're like, well, oh well, right, yeah, he okay. Because the okay, so it's the picture of Dom's son with FX shaved in the side of his head, and like, there's no caption at all. Well, there was a caption. I just cut it off. I don't remember what it said though. I thought that it just said FX, and I was like, oh, cool. Like maybe he's like in a like American Horror Story or something, you know? Like because. So FX brands all their TV shows like very heavily FX'd too. Yeah. They're like, you know, American Horror Story, The Strain, like whatever's on FX, like they put it really big in the posters. So I was a little distracted. But yes, it was funny. And um, I was very, very wrong. (laughs) And obviously my brain didn't go to F10 because the X just fucking threw me. Somebody, whoever decided that it's going to be FX is going to get into a giant uh, SEO war with the channel and you know big keyboard probably lost out to f9 right so who knows yeah <laughs> big keyboard <laughs> Dang, that was a really good joke thank you 
Really Any news good. that you have seen? Anything else about the Fast and Furious? No, man. I haven't seen anything about cool. the Fast and the Furious. Well, then the final thing to do before we take a break and talk about Tokyo Drift is the Fast and the Furious Minute, Minute 25. A minute I called, I'm not going back to Barstow. Man, you've been using that since the day you got busted. Now, let's just chill out and go do this. I don't need to chill out. Yes, you do. And you need to stop blaming me for your every mistake. And Roman Pierce needs to start taking responsibility for his own actions. You need to go to hell. And you need to go back to Barstow. I'm not going back to Barstow. Brian O'Connor, Roman Pierce, need Monica Fuentes. Do they have background on Verone? They've been briefed. Good. All right, here's the deal. Verone's looking for drivers. I've arranged for both of you to join up. I've also hired some thugs, you know, to make it legit. When do we start? Right now. What are we driving? Don't even think about taking it. So in this minute, Brian and Roman argue a bit more outside customs. Brian convinces Roman to follow him inside. Inside, Agent Dunn backs up a delivery truck to our group. Monica Fuentes gets out. Monica fills the group in on Verone and the job. Warehouse workers unveil the cars. Brian and Roman are driving for the job at Brian and Roman are driving for the job as the minute ends and i have lots of questions here okay why does brian refer to roman as roman pierce he says and roman pierce needs to start taking responsibility for his own actions i think that's more of like the like your mom when she's like joseph anthony you know or like whatever your middle name is i don't know what it do you have a middle name me yeah michael okay joseph michael needs to start taking responsibility for his actions i think it's a little bit of that I don't know. Like it, it feels like a very Dwight thing of him, right? Like Dwight, or, or like, or heck, or you know, Edwin's a man who knows some, some things. things. Yeah, I Dwight likes feet. Realistically, it's probably to be like, this is his name again, in case you forgot. <laughs> you know, like audience, so. this is what it is. Immediately, immediately after that, when they're inside, Markham goes, Brian O'Connor, Rowan Pierce, meet Monica Fuentes. So it's not like they're telling the audience. Like, even if we didn't know Roman's last name, which I think we did. He did, because he said he they said it at the track, like Roman Pierce. Like this yeah. is my buddy Roman Pierce. They're just they're just hammering it home, man. They wanted full character development. Cool. Uh my my second que- my second question is was 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 Monica Fuentes just hanging out in the back of that truck? Like, there's no chair. It's not ventilated. There's just boxes around. Like, how long <sighs> was she in the back of like why why why? What is she doing? I don't know. So I thought this too likely because it's a delivery truck there's like this ups like the door into the back from the thing it doesn't look like that though it does not look like that though so i think the logic is that he had to like kind of like bring her there like that so nobody saw her like um he'd like smuggle her okay doesn't like see her in the car leaving or something but like you, you would think okay so say he picks her up or whatever so say he picks her up from Card- i don't know how that works but he yes picks her up. you're driving for a while pull over and let her in the front no but i mean hey if, the, if she was being trailed or something you don't know it's probably safer until she gets to the hangar that's owned by u.s custom services it's just so funny that they're doing this as like a i feel like they're doing it for a big reveal for us like oh my god because like even the way that brian looks at her like Oh my God, you're a cop? No, that is what, I mean, that's obviously what it is, right? It's it's much easier to show her, like, come out of the back of the truck and be like, oh shit, it was the girl from the race five minutes ago. Right. It's just, it's a, it's a leap in logic that I can't explain away, even with Fast and Furious logic. Yeah. I'm saying that the, that the actual, like, 
the way you you paint this over is that she was in the passenger seat. There's the whole like the door through the thing, and she just came through that door. Although it doesn't look like it actually exists. And the only other question I have, and this is going to probably lead into what you found. There's an airport or a runway or an airplane or something outside the room they're in. So we saw yes. them go into like what looks like an office building, which is customs, right? Are they at a, do they go to a hangar? Is the hangar at customs? Did you have, do you have any answers here where they are, either in terms of filming location or no. anything? No, this is the, this is part of the same thing that I couldn't find last time. So like, I don't know what it actually is, but I can logic through this one for you. Okay, go for it. That I think that this is just a hangar building that Customs has that probably where they get like planes and helicopters that they've taken, like that were maybe smuggling drugs or something like that. You know what I mean? Okay. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like kind of like the storage warehouse for vehicles that they've absconded from criminals. That makes sense. That tracks. So I think that they pull up there because one, they know it's a hangar, so it's like, it's probably like fenced in in the customs compound or something else. Like it's probably secured. It's an easier place to bring Monica Fuentes to. They can keep the cars there. There's a helicopter. There's a plane. Everything can just be kind of store. And it it can uh, work as like a garage too, right? So yeah, I think that you know because like when they take these cars and stuff, they have to like do evidence things on them for ve- like what the vehicle had in it, and sometimes they hide drugs like in weird places in the car. So it'd be a good place to like kind of take them apart and look at that. So that's what I was thinking this was. Cool. So now on that topic, this is a minute where there's a lot to see and also somehow not a lot to see. But what did you find vehicle-wise, warehouse-wise in this customs office? So it's very difficult to see anything because like the focus is Brian and there's a guy behind them and he's like kind of working on stuff. There's a helicopter behind them still in the hangar. But to distinguish like any specific tools and things, it's very far away. I couldn't tell anything. But we get the reveal of the two main cars in this movie, the Evo and the Eclipse Spider. No surprise to anyone, but because Craig Lieberman worked on this this movie, he released two videos, one for each of the cars, told some cool stories about it, and I had some cool stories that I pulled from him. If you want to know the whole stories, they're on his YouTube, one for each of the cars, but um, some cool things that happen. Brian is driving a Mitsubishi Lancer, Evo 7. Okay, you know, it's, this- it's, really, it's really asking a lot of me that the cars are here in every kind of detail and description that normal people would want, but you don't have the color, okay. and I don't know which... I know that Roman has the purple car, because I've seen the movie before. But I labeled like, them Brian and Roman. I know, but you still got to put the color, man. Come okay. on. Who are, you, who are you dealing with here? Okay, okay, okay. Let's add that real quick, then. Thank you. Evo 7's neighbor came to America. They were only being made in Japan, and they weren't going to come here. The first, like, Lancer Evo that showed up in America was the Evo 8. The movie worked directly with Mitsubishi, and they had four cars that were going to go to the rally team that they diverted and sent to Fast and Furious to be in this movie. Oh, cool. I thought that was pretty cool. The decal on the side of the car, do you remember it at all? It's like these, like, two kind of, like, squares that are rounded, like rectangles. Squares that are rounded? No, I... I... With rounded edges. There's, like, two, like, porthole-type looking things. Okay. Well, they're just, like, pictures of the car (laughs) that they, like, made into a graphic in a frame that they, like, put over the side of the car. So it's, like, a picture of the door of the car on a door of a car, which I thought was weird. I never really noticed what it was, but, like, once I saw it, I couldn't unsee it, like, when he described it as that. 
that was pretty cool. He talks about, like, all the stunts and things like that and, like, what they did to the cars and neon lights, whatever, whatever. The other car, the Eclipse Spider, he has, like, all these pictures of it, like, getting ready for production. Brian's car could have been a Dodge Neon, but he just said, no, don't do that. And they talk about all the other cars it could have been. It was likely going to be a Dodge Neon if they couldn't get the Lancer, Evolu- the Evos, because they did. Turns out they didn't need the Dodge Neon. Back to the Eclipse Spider. So he had it. It had this like spider web kind of painting. It was still the, the same purple, but it had this like spider web kind of painting. And they were like, oh, we're going to do like this yellow interior. And he's like, that's a bad idea because yellow interiors will get dirty. And they're like, we don't care. It looks cool. Tyrese shows up and goes, I'm not driving no fucking Lakers car. And they were, <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, okay. So he had them rip out the yellow interior and put in the gray interior. Where is he from? Where is he? I don't know. Like, who's his team? I thought this too. Tyrese was born in California. So maybe he's like a Clippers fan? Where's maybe. Watts, California? Or Watts like a- is a Southern LA. So yeah, if, if he's from Southern LA and he's not a Lakers fan, he got to be a Clippers, a Clippers fan. fan. Yeah. Yeah. So he just like got real mad at it and told them no. Then they got into a fight over the rims because they had 19 inch rims on it. He said he wanted 20s. They said 19s or these ones are like 10 grand a piece. He said, fuck that. We're getting 20s. He made them order 20s. Then he didn't want to pay for them. Right. Because he's like, no, it's for the movie. Right. It's genuinely amazing that he's like still in these movies. You know what yeah, I mean? I know. Like- this is what I'm saying, too. Yes, this is no, good. Yes. That was the point that I was getting at. Not so much like the Tyree stories about the car, but just like Tyree's being neurotic on the set sounded really fun well, to me. especially because you remember, like, they wanted Ja Rule back, and Ja Rule was like, yeah, cool, $50 million or whatever. They're like, no, we'll just get Tyrese. And then Tyrese is a diva, too, right? But, like, Tyrese yes. stuck around, so I don't know. Paul Walker loved them, man. So he, like, talks about how he, like, he made them change the car and stuff like that, and um, what it turned out to be, the yellow, the yellow interior and him bitching about it looking like a Lakers car was really funny to me. They talk about the screens in it. But those are, oh, then like the body kits and all kinds of other stuff. But on that note, I think because I see that you don't have a trivia question for well, this Well, I, I was going to, I was trying to come up with a trivia question about Monica rolling up, but I didn't have a way to like ask a question that could have different kinds of answers. I also, and I want to hear your question. The only other thing I thought was interesting was that I wouldn't be able to tell you for a million, I mean, I guess I could, probably could have guessed, but like the fact that Agent Dunn was driving the truck yes. kind of surprised me very very much surprised me as well which is an interesting direction and a direction we could go for the question i do like that sure but what you got what is interesting about roman pierce's mitsubishi eclipse and that that his license plate is hater yeah okay i was also thinking that but i was also thinking like you know what does his license plate say I don't know if that'd be an easier question to come up with other answers for than Ooh. what is unique about his thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I was just trying I'm to ha- get... I'm happy to have it be, be about the license plate, because I think that's a very iconic, memorable thing. I think it's worth having a question about. But I think asking, like, what the, the license plate says as opposed to, like, what's unique about it is more specific and, like, not fairer, but, like, closer to what we're actually asking. You know uh, yeah, I, mean? I was just trying to build my way and out to have more answers to be, like, the interior was yellow or, like, you know... The taillights are black. You know what I mean? Sure. But I like yours. Yes. What what vanity plate does Roman Pierce's car have? And we can make it like baller, boss, um, hater, which is the answer. And one last one. Like too cool. Like too Speed? cool. You like Speed. That? Ooh, with two threes. Yes. Cool. Yes, so that's really good. What vanity plate does Roman's purple eclipse spider have? 
hater. I also want to say that, like, the song that begins here, which is a very iconic to Too Fast song, it's the Pitbull song, Oye. Yes. On the Genius page, there is a line, a lyric that begins in the talking part of the beginning, which is not in the movie. And I don't speak Spanish enough, and Google Translate does not do the translation of the <laughs> slang well enough. But it means something like, hey, what turn eats dick? I don't know, but I'm trying, I'm using context clues to be like, who wants to suck my dick? Whose turn is it to suck my dick, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Like, whose turn is it to give me a blowjob here? Like, this no kind of No niece to man. Yeah, yeah, wherever she is. It's a good question, good. I think that that, that works. That's pretty fun. Because there's a lot of things in here in this minute that, like, are... Again, I don't know that this movie is as iconic as the first one in terms of people who have watched this so many times. I mean, you know, there but are the certain things reveal. about this that are memorable, but yeah. The car reveal and... Monica coming out of the back of the truck. The license plate and Monica. There's a couple things in this minute that, like, would, would qualify, I think. But I think the license plate is a good one. So, Hater, I think it's a good one. Yeah, because Brian just has, like, a fucking Florida license plate. His car is just, like, just license plate. So it's weird that they only got one vanity plate for this, but... Tyrese bitched about the paint job because it was, I, I started out, I said it was a spider web. He saw like a car in a magazine. He saw an eclipse in a magazine and he was like, no, this is so much better. And he made them go find the guy who owned that car, find out where he got it painted, who was in South Florida, and then had them repaint it. So it's like the same paint job, just in purple, not like the guy had like blue and silver or something. Oh, that's cool. And yeah, so it's like that guy's car. Like, like they talked to him, they were like, we're going to paint it like that, but make it purple instead. And he was like, yeah, whatever. Cool. Cool. Um, all right, let's take a break and let us bring in Aaron Newworth of Out Now with Aaron and Abe to talk about Tokyo Drift. Nice. Episode 199, Tokyo Drift. At Jacobs Vehicle Systems, they don't stop. Year after year, they provide commercial vehicles OEM around the world with engine braking and valve actuation advances that help them put market-leading trucks on the road. Shout out to Jacobs Vehicle Systems. Well, shout out to Jacobs Vehicle Systems. Welcome back to Too Fast, Too Forever. Talking now about Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift, the Han movie in the Han lap, kind of, we have one of the hosts of Out Now with Aaron and Abe, um, a podcast that if you do your homework for this show, you would have already listened to, because we were guests on their show, his show, it's not there, there's only one of them here today, I'm not, I'm, it, I'm already, we're off the rails, my recording didn't work last time, I think that was the track that was supposed to, it, oh. anyway, one of the hosts of Out Now with Aaron and Abe, also a writer for We Live Entertainment, we have Aaron Newworth, hello Aaron. Hey, what's happening guys? Welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. I am happy to be. I've been, you know, you guys were on our, you were gracious enough to be on our show. And I've been sitting here for months thinking, man, I, I got to talk more about Fast and Furious at some point. So fine. Mm -hmm. And I, I only whisper that to myself. I say it out loud. It won't happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> now it's finally happening. Well, this is the outlet. 
I was explaining to somebody like the, the different kinds of episodes we do. And generally these ones that are about just like with a, a person who's like a guest for the first time about just like a random Fast and Furious movie are always our three hour episodes because we're not really just talking about Tokyo Drift. We're talking about whatever Fast and Furious you want to talk about. So whether that's for five minutes or for two hours or whatever, this is your time to shine specifically about Tokyo Drift, but about anything. So welcome, settle in, get comfortable, grab your uwabaki because we <laughs> yes. are here to talk about Tokyo yes. Drift. Yeah, no, I, I'm certainly excited. This is a movie that I, uh, I saw in. Th- I'm, I'm one of the few that saw it in theaters at the time. Wow! So it's, uh, it's great to finally, <laughs> and we've we've done a commentary on it on our podcast. But you know, the more talk about Tokyo Drift, the better. And it seems like the audience is certainly, you know, over the years has realized this one's pretty good, if not one of yeah. the best ones. So I, yep. I'm, I'm certainly happy to represent it today. Have you seen it since you've seen F9? Since I've seen F9, no. I've seen it enough where, because I knew I was going to do the podcast, obviously, but I, yeah. I've i seen it. I, I watched all of them before I saw F9, so it's okay. like, do I really need to watch this again <laughs> before okay. I before I see? Now, that's also timing. Like, if I had time, surely I would have put it on at some point in the background yeah. just to have it go and just to, like, get myself fresh up. But I'm, you know, I'm pretty, again, I've seen it's it your in first single. Time, it's your first time talking about it in the context of F9, though, right? For sure, yes. And it's been, okay. you know, it's within the past three months I have seen it, so it's it's already it's it's generally pretty fresh in my mind anyway because it rules but i'm happy to you know continue that going as the kids say it lives rent free in your head sure it does <laughs> before we do the conversation about the movie though we have to establish your credentials so you saw you saw this in theaters which is amazing mm-hmm. did you see the first two in theaters as well or was this the first one that you saw in theaters i saw the first one in theaters strangely the only one i haven't seen in theaters was too fast too furious obviously okay. I, re- I regret this um, because that movie yeah. is also also uh, pretty great, um, but uh, yeah, I know every other Fast and Furious movie I have seen in theaters. Very cool. So now, either the most difficult question of the hour or the easiest—I don't know where it's going to fall. Mm-hmm. Do you have your rankings of these Fast and Furious movies from either least favorite to most favorite, or favorite to most the least favorite? Whatever, way, whichever way you want to do, whichever way you think is going to you know create more drama. Are you ready to rank these movies? Oh, I'm, I'm yes, ready to rank these movies. Please hit us with them. I will go from least to to favorite. Okay. Uh, number ten. We're we're counting Hobbs and Shaw, I assume, as well. Right? Yes, of yeah. course. Okay. If you want, yeah. on this show, yeah. we respect Hobbs and Shaw. We Honestly, do. I mean, more movies should have Fast and Furious presents in the title, and then we could add all kinds of movies to these lists. <laughs> for, for the time being. <laughs> On Comedy Bang Bang, Scott Aukerman keeps, like, it's now a running bit where he's like, what if Fast and Furious presented F9? Like, Fast and Furious presents F9. So, you see, you know, Scott Aukerman, he, he always knows what's, talking, knows what's up. So, like, he's, I, he's trying to, he's asking the hard-hitting questions. But, yes, we have one through ten here, including Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Okay. So, number right. ten, your least favorite. My least favorite is Fast and Furious. Okay. Number four. Okay. Uh, number nine is The Fate of the Furious. Okay. Number eight is Fast and Furious presents, presents Hobbs and Shaw. That's low, yeah. So, so far, crazy. This, the last time we had rankings was Dan Scully a couple episodes ago, and so far, your 10, 9, and 8, identical. Mm. Ooh, mm. interesting. He knows what's up, apparently. <laughs> but, um, apparently, you guys, yeah. Uh, number seven right now is F9. Number six is The Fast and The Furious. Mm-hmm. First one, yeah. Number five is Too Fast, Too Furious. Okay. Number four is Fast and Furious 6. Okay. Number three is The Fast and the Furious, colon, Tokyo Drift. Okay. Yeah. Number two is Furious 7. Yes. And, of course, number one is Fast Five. Yes. The correct number one, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, I, I know that everybody has their own, like, tastes and opinions in these things. Like, there's no wrong, because it's all opinions, it's all personal preference. But, like, anytime somebody doesn't have five as number one, I'm like, are we watching the same movies? <laughs> like, <laughs> I understand, again, I understand. You can make an argument on like any day for any of them. There, there's four I see an argument for. Five is, to me, is obvious, but five seems like that should always be right in the running. Seven I can get, because that movie, like, you know, made ducats of money. So it's like, clearly there is a response there that people really responded mm-hmm. to. I can understand the original because it's the original, so I can understand yep. the number one thing there. But then it's like, Tokyo Drift just deserves to be right in this conversation. Guys. It does. Like, yeah. It absolutely does. I think I think it's realistically, it's like one, three, five, six, seven. As far as who, the, like, the statistics? I think, were, like... I, I think those are the five that like have the most credibility at being number one. Yeah. In terms of our rankings, we have now have like 60 rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, number one... Going from top down, Fast Five, then Fast and Furious Six, then the first one, then Furious Seven. Yeah, a lot of Six love. Six, it's Six is weird. I haven't like I've seen it probably the least of the. Let me think about that for a second. I guess Fate I've probably seen a little bit. That's because it's newer than Six is. So which one of these have you seen the most? The most. And 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 when we say most, like what's a ballpark figure? Like are we saying like five times, ten times more? Because it's been, Jesus, it's been 20 years since the first one, and I've seen that mm-hmm. one quite a bit. So it's like, it pro- it's probably the first one just by default. Right, um, yeah. Like, it's a weird question. Like, as far as seeing them the most, it's like, a lot of them appear on, like, I've seen, like, parts of six and seven a bunch, because FX is like, we have the movies, and we're always they playing this. They do have this. the movies. They uh, do. <laughs> so it's like, I've seen, you know, good chunks of, like, like the the plane drop sequence in seven like tons of times because it's like i'm having dinner right now and i have like 20 minutes i can mm-hmm. watch this like that's just perfect but there's like seeing them in full on like i'm sitting down to watch a fast and furious movie probably the first one okay uh that and too fast are probably like in the same realm and then fast five is very close theatrically for that question i'm very sure it's fast five i'm very sure i've seen fast five the most times like in a theater like i'm gonna okay. see this movie because I feel like with the nature of the show that you do with Abe, like mm-hmm. you're like me and that you just watch a lot of things for the first time, like probably like one and done, just like there's there's always new movies, right? And so yeah. unless you, you have like a weird, crazy you. framing device like we have for this show, there's not really a reason necessarily to go back to the well unless it's a movie that really resonates with you for one reason or another. You're halfway there. Like it, it's like yes and no. Am I but... living on a prayer? <laughs> In the scheme of, like, how our show works, yes, obviously it's not, you know, there's not a, you know, a premise based around the same kind of thing that you guys are doing where there's a requirement to watch a certain thing or a certain set of things over and over again. With that said, I love rewatching movies because if I really like a movie, I want to see it again. Like, I saw Candyman at the screening last week, and then I'm like, I, re- I enjoyed that enough. I'm going to go see it. So I saw it again on Saturday night. So wow, I, okay. like, I've seen That's Candyman really cool. twice in, like, four days. So it's like there are certainly movies that click in or, like, I need to see this again. Or, like, the Fast and Furious movies. Like my dad and I saw the first one in theaters, and so now, we, and he also is a big fan of The Rock, and so like, not obligation, it's just general, you know, passion to do this. It's like whenever one of these comes along, it's like, yeah, let's go see Fast and Furious. Like I took him to the screening of F Nine, um, but like in the past, it's like let's go, like I, I'll see the movie and then be like, let's go see it again. You haven't seen it yet. Let's go see Fast and Furious Six right now. So it's there's you know movies like this especially like big summer blockbuster stuff where it's like they're in theaters for a while too yeah and it's like this is the kind of thing i'd want to see multiple times on a big screen like yeah i'll go i'll go for that so i you know i i do like seeing movies multiple times if both i like them and you know the opportunity's there and it's like why not do this when am i going to have a chance to see 
you know, whatever, Dunkirk and IMAX again. Like, I want to you know, sure. do that as many times as I can before the you know, the opportunity is just not there anymore. And I think, you know, Joe, Aaron is one of the few people that I follow on Letterboxd who uh, has seen more movies than I have, who has logged more movies <laughs> on there than I have. Which yeah, is, you know, I believe it. I'm not trying to brag, but, like, that's impressive because I've seen a shitload see of movies. a ton of movies, yeah. But I, I think that, like, the way that I specifically watch movies and, you know, it seems like you're more normal, Aaron. I mean that as a compliment. <laughs> uh, but Joey's like, not. It, when, no, like, when... <laughs> When when I when I rewatch a movie, I think it says a lot about the movie because I'm like you know just my brain is wired to be like okay I like that movie I'll buy the movie and then I might never watch it again because like just you know my bro- my brain is broken but like uh-huh. to watch a movie a second time especially in theaters a second time is like oh wow okay it's it's funny like I think about Letterbox I I don't log everything for one thing like this just I, I try to like I do now like now I really keep track of it because it's just helpful for like diary purposes is like yeah. oh, what did I watch oh yeah there it is that's what I watched and I what I should do though because I rewatch stuff so much I should really write more in the you know I'm writing like a bunch of reviews every week for the website so it's like do I need to write more in Letterbox I think that doesn't you know do anything for me beyond like oh I wrote something but it it is a good way to like you know what frame of mind was I in when I rewatched like Moon for the fourth time? Like I should really like write something down. Like ah, oh, beyond just like still good, but like hmm, yeah, this this thing really connected to me this time. Or you know that Gertie, what a troublemaker. Shame about the real life thing though. Like I don't know, like just random things that I can come up with just to like track my progress when I'm like rewatching certain certain things. And for people who have not seen Moon, go see Moon. Moon's a Moon's a great movie. So you know, four of you, four Sam Rockwell, Sam's Rockwell. You know, whatever. Who knows, right? So cool. Okay, so now. We have some either-or questions, no wrong answers. Great. Uh, whatever comes to mind, you can you can elaborate on the answer if you want. If you want to leave it mystery, if you don't have it, actually a reason, that's all fine. But are you ready for some really hard-hitting questions? The hardest and the most hittingest, yes. Do you consider yourself? Actually, I, I have a new question. I'm going to add Ooh. today for the first time, Joe. I, okay. And you don't even know this yet, but um, I don't. it's it's new because I don't know if I. There's, we'll get there. I'll explain something at the end. Okay. Aaron, do you consider yourself more of a Brian or a Dom? A Dom. Okay. Are you more of a Mia or a Letty? Probably a Letty. Okay. There was there was a certain amount of hesitation there that I thought was going to mean that you weren't a Letty, but you know the confidence you said it with. I, I, I'm yeah, I, it, I was, it was it. certain. Well, I you know I was trying to consider like the attributes that both bring to the table, and I was thinking specifically of F nine. Like, what were they doing in that movie? It's like, well, well, one of them's like really getting on the action, and occasionally going yeah when they see something successful happen. That's Letty throughout that movie. <laughs> Mia, like she's not an afterthought, but it certainly seems like, yeah, all right, she's she's helping, like that's good. Like I feel like I'd be, you know, on the roof of that car a little bit more often. Okay, makes sense. fair enough. That's a that's a nice one. In the first movie, when Mia and Brian are doing dishes in the kitchen, and Vince comes in to taunt Brian, Vin, Mia asks Vince the name of the restaurant that he wants to take her to, and she eventually says, "Brian, you can take me there." But the way she describes it is, it has the little red candle, little red candles, the wood tables, picadillo, food all over the place. So, Aaron, if, if we're like, hey, thank you for being on the pod. Let's go out to dinner. Let's go bring you to a restaurant. You know, it's got these red candles. It's got these wood tables. It's got food all over the place. When you hear a restaurant being described as having food all over the place, what does that mean to you? What are you picturing? What's in your mind's eye? I, I like to think that's like a, ser- a series of like small platters or what have you that have all kinds, kinds of like good eating, uh, various tacos and uh, uh, you know, chips and tostadas and what have you. Like, oh, oh okay. like, you know, just nice, nice things like li- around. Like, there's various tables. Everyone's having a good time, and there's food all over. People are constantly coming in and out of the kitchen, like bringing stuff in. Tapas. Are you more of a Tej or a Roman? Roman. No hesitation. Okay. Yeah. Because doing this podcast alone, I know I'm like smiling a lot, like Roman would be. So it's just like. It's right there. <laughs> 
love the enthusiasm. Wait, hold on. Are you... I have a question for you. So sure. the Aaron's PS4 is your current Twitter. There's an Aaron PS3. That uh-huh. when, you, when you search Aaron Newerth Twitter on Google, the first mm. thing comes up is Aaron Newerth or Aaron's PS3. So what is, is this a, is it a PlayStation thing or is it something different? I've been meaning to ask you. I, when I first started Twitter back in 2008, <laughs> 2009, okay. um, I, by the concept of the handle, because I was so, I was too good for social media at the time, apparently I was, I'm only going to make tweets that are, like a third person like a version of like my playstation tweeting out stuff like what's going on with okay. the playstation in general so it was like a, from the perspective of my playstation 3 that okay. morphed because i just started getting into it more so like i just used it as a regular person and not some kind of nonsense person that wants to do some kind of gimmick um and so <laughs> so i just naturally just kind of came just my voice just on twitter as the ps4 came out logically i'm thinking well now I'm not going to use my PS4. I'm going to use my PS4. So I changed it to Aaron's PS4. Are you? The next question you should be asking is: Are you going to change? Did you change it to PS5? And will you change it to PS6, PS7, and PS8? Check those URLs, and you will find that I have those ready to go where I oh. do <laughs> Well, so that is good to know. What I what I was That's I was awesome. I was I was thinking maybe weren't going to because I have a friend who used to write for Sports Illustrated who was verified, and then he got another job, and he's like, I should probably have a more it wasn't that his his old handle was really unprofessional, but he's like, I should probably have a more professional handle. So he changed it and he lost his verification. Mm-hmm. So if you change the Aaron's PS5, you might have to get re-verified. And Twitter is always weird with that. So Yeah. So I just I checked myself because I forget. I have it up to PS7 right now. Okay. Um, but yeah, the fact that I – and I have two followers apparently. <laughs> um, the fact that I <laughs> – the fact that I got verified, I think certainly solidified. PS6 has no followers, though, and that one's got to do some work. Uh, the fact that I got verified recently, um, that further cemented the fact that I'm not going to change it from PS4, mainly because I like how PS4 sounds. I like the sound of Aaron's PS4 more than I like the sound of Aaron's PS5, so I just don't really care. Okay. It makes uh, sense. I get it. Yeah. So the reason I Googled your Twitter handle... Mm-hmm. Even though, because I, I remembered, but it wasn't in the top of my brain, Aaron's PS4, is because this next question is region-specific, and I think based on where you live, mm-hmm. you're going to have a very clear answer to this. But do you have a preference between In-N-Out and Whataburger? In-N-Out, and that's, one, because I genuinely really like, really like In-N-Out, but also I've never had a Whataburger to, to okay. you know, know mm. the other, know, know, how to, know how to compare them. Certainly open to it, yeah. Okay. As a follow-up question to that, if you're like, I'm, I'm in the mood for a burger, like a fast food burger, is In-N-Out your go-to, or is there another one that you like more? Like, if everything was right in front of me? Yeah, if it was all, like, they're Every all five option, minutes away or whatever. Distance, yeah. That's a good question. I mean, I... I... This is not a question that we ask most people, but, like, uh, being in California, we don't, we don't really have a lot of L.A. people as mm-hmm. guests, and so I'm wondering, if it's more readily available to you than it is to most people who are a guest on the show, and mm-hmm. I'm wondering if this is, like, if it's your go-to or whatever. Like, if, I, if everything was close to me, five guys probably... Like, I don't think their burger's the best, but their fries are amazing. Exactly, right? so. and that's kind of where my head's at, too. It's like, what, would I just go to Five Guys? Probably, but in an, okay. I'll, I'll say this. When I tend to think of, like, if I'm, like, desiring a burger, like, in general, like, if mm-hmm. I haven't had a burger in a while, and I'm like, I want to have a hamburger, like, or a cheeseburger. Why am I saying hamburger? Like, whatever. But, <laughs> but I want to have a burger right now. My, like, my mind does think, like, in and out is, like, the default answer for what I think of when I think of hamburger. Does, okay. that, mean, does that mean I like it the most? I'm not quite sure about that. I had Five Guys the other day, actually. My girlfriend and I, we had a, high five, we had a five Guys. It was, it was delicious. So, like, I think I'd pro- probably prefer that overall as far as taste, like, taste-wise, like, what I'm getting out of this. But in and out does, like, like my thought my thought process thinks, like, oh, yeah, in and out that's a burger place. That's the one I want to go to. Like, it is good. So. Mm, yeah. Like, they're, like th- those two are, like, 
one and two for me. What you know, it's, and it's splitting hairs, and I couldn't tell you which one's number one right now, honestly. Do you guys hear that Five Guys is stopping putting extra fries in the bag? They're only giving you what's in the cup. What? Yeah, I know. Wait, you, what? That's a thing. They're gonna stop doing that. They're gonna stop. You know how like they normally give you like just a ton of fries in the yeah. bag. They said they're gonna stop doing that. There's literally there's little stopping me from reaching through the screen and slapping you in the face, even though it's not your fault. No, I'm just the messenger, bud. <laughs> you know, I'm also I'm I'm angry at Five Guys right now because I drove the 15 or 20 minutes the other day to go to Five Guys and they were just closed. Like they and there's you know Google said they were open and they just nobody inside the doors locked. So I'm like, what are you what are you guys doing? This is a different question and we've never asked this one before. And they're also I know that they're they're not comparable, I don't think, but they're both L.A. burger places do you have a preference between apple pan and the counter i've been to the counter and i like it i haven't been to apple pan so i'm not okay i'm not sure how to how to judge exactly but fair enough the first time i was in la like you have to go get these two burgers i'm like okay so like they're they're wildly different like the apple pan is just like all like old dudes Mm -hmm. who are there like all the waiters are like in their 70s probably and they have like burgers and apple pie i think that's their thing so it's good okay is brian good at his job or bad at his job is he a good cop is he a bad cop is Brian good at his job? <laughs> it's weird. Now, now I heard a friend of the show, Mark Hoffmeyer, talk about this. Uh, so like, I'm ready for this question to a degree because it's like it feels like you have to split it up because it's like as a like when he's on the job, no, yeah. I don't think he's like. Well, so here's, another, <laughs> okay. here's, a, here's a sub question: What's a good cop? Like someone that does his <laughs> job, yes, or yes, someone no, that does the greater good? This is a question we might have to retire because I don't know how to ask. The <laughs> yeah, especially in a now, way. right? This atmosphere yes. for this question. <laughs> It's so difficult. Joe, I think I think we might I think I'm just gonna retire this question just because I don't I, lo- I love the question. I don't know how to ask but it. But but yes. yeah, but I but I you know, to just if this is the last time, let me let me throw something in there. I do think mm-hmm. I do think Brian is certainly very capable based off of where things go from like six and beyond, where he's like I guess six and seven since it's the last movie season. But like not only is he like capable of like finding things but he's like a world-class detective he can trace leads way back he's got connections everywhere but including shay wiggum whose nose he broke all those times and he yeah. still like gets the job done he, he like when he's on in action he's wearing like tactical like body armor and like holds the gun and every like it just feels like he has all this training where the fast and the furious it's like okay i mean he was undercover i guess he was doing that okay like but it's like was he a good cop i don't know People right. died. Everyone got in the way. He's fighting in public. Like, I mean, there's a lot of, like, bad steps he takes. Yeah. The, like, where we've landed is basically he's a good cop because he's bad at being a cop. It's like, that's, like, <laughs> yeah. like it's, yeah. and that's not even a good answer. Like, that's not even a good summation. Like, it's just, yeah, okay, maybe. I don't know. The three of us pull a heist. We come away $30 million. We each split it $10 million each way. We go to Las Vegas. We go to Rio. We go to Monte Carlo. We go to Atlantic City. Wherever we want to go. And we go to the roulette table. Aaron, are you betting it all on red or are you betting it all on black? <laughs> Always bet on black, baby. Yep. And oh, that's nice. just, you know, every single episode. That's, again, shout out to... We should really be sponsored by Passenger 57. Like, that's a genuine sponsor we should have because, yeah. you know, everybody loves Wesley Snipes. Okay. Now, on that job, Aaron, are you were you a racer or a designer? Were you out in the field doing the thing or were you the man in the chair in HQ? Oh, I'm out in the, I'm out in the race. I'm out in the okay. world. Yeah. I mean, as a Dom and as a Letty, it feels like you are out in the world. Oh, yeah, for thing. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a preference between American muscle and imports? <laughs> my, my thought is no. Um, <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I like, I get, you know, I, I side more with Dom on things. So I guess American muscle. 
overall, but. Like I'm so, I, within all this, within my fandom of this franchise, I'm still I'm not a car guy whatsoever. So it's like eh, whatever looks Behind, nice. Do, there's always a door number three in these questions. Like you, you don't have to answer one of the other two. Like you can you can choose whatever you want. So you can say I'm not a car guy if that's if that's what you want. I mean, this is just going your permanent. Yeah, record. I mean, well, yes. I mean, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a car I really like, uh, like one that sticks out to me all the time what? that I think about. It's the it's Brian's the blue car in Fast and Furious Six that he's rocking. On the on the t- in the tank WRX in the tank chakes yeah does he have a okay. W is that what, is, is he driving is a WRX is? there or does he have like an old Skyline what's when he's chasing it's not a the sky, tank it's not a Skyline it's like a it's a it's a Ford Escort MK1 oh Mark one Mach one Mark one it's just a nice looking car like that's all that's it's, my it's general the blue takeaway with the white one. stripe on the side yeah right? that one yes it's just a nice looking like that like six has a lot of great like stills. Like, when you look at, like, images from Fast and Furious 6, there's oh, a lot yeah. of, like, good shots from that movie. Like, oh, that's yeah. really, I mean, Justin Lin took off after that. That, that. He really felt like he was on a roll as far as, how do I make, how do I top five? It wasn't quite top five, but he still has a lot of cool ideas in mind of how to, like, make everybody look cool in that movie. So You're not wrong. And also, like, you know, our, our last guest, Dan Scully, last new guest, Dan Scully, said that he thinks the most iconic image from any of the Fast and Furious movies, based on just, like, Google search, like, image search alone, is from that scene is Roman jumping Roman between, jumping, like, the yeah. tank and the thing, right? It's so, a gr- It's yeah. a great shot. and it really does encompass so much of like where the series started and where it's gone right you have one car down here that's like a standard like race car you have a guy flying through the air and you have a tank you have so you have the ridiculous you have the characters that are just into Mm -hmm. this thing and you have a race car being driven by paul walker like you have like all this stuff in it within one image it's like this looks nuts but why would i not want to see that movie yeah (laughs) for sure i agree is the word oil one syllable or two um oil is one syllable are you more of a fan of corona or belgian ale so (laughs) speaking of option three i'm not a drinker okay um so i i i respect both of them i respect that dom has a has a brand and he's loyal to that brand because as we know dom is loyal to everything including family but you know kurt russell he's bringing he's bringing in some new stuff and you know people like it and there's a good there's good reason why you know it's home brewed and stuff so you know Monks, plenty, man. plenty to enjoy. Okay, it would seem from beer drinkers. So that's going to come into play later too with the alcohol question. So just get ready on your toes because, like, in an hour or so from now, it's going to come up again. So don't you worry. Okay. Okay. All go to the roulette table and we all bet it on black, and it comes up red. And we're like, well, shit. So now we got to go do another job. And so we're we're out in the field, and the three of us are out in you know a hotel room or something. And I say to you, Aaron, Joe, and I need to go in this other room. I'm going to pick up a car and Joe's going to grab some shit or I don't know what he's doing exactly because it's unclear. Lift the car. But we need you (laughs) to distract the room doing what only Aaron Newworth does best, shine bright like a diamond. We need you to sing a song karaoke style to capture the room's attention. What song are you singing? Uh, Bust a Move by Young MC. Nice. Nice. Jam for all the fellas. I love it. I I feel like I don't think we've had that one before. No, we haven't. That feels like one. That's one that we should have had. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, man. Knowing you'd be safe either way, would you rather drive a car into a plane as it's taking off or drive a car out of a plane while it's flying and you would parachute to safety? You're safe either way. For the adrenaline, drive a car into a plane or out of a plane? I'd be going into a plane. Okay. I mean, you're saying knowing I'd be safe either way, but even then, like the, the feeling of dropping is never agreed with me, which is why I'm not a roller coaster guy. 
Okay. Um, okay. I love roller coasters in terms of that looks neat. I'm impressed by the architecture, but in terms of going on one, eh, I can I can take a pass on that. So driving into a plane, that seems my speed. That seems fun also. You're like, oh, my okay. God, the runway's running out or something. What do we do? Oh, and I drive and I get into the plane at the rest of the right time. Fair enough. Okay. Fair, fair, fair enough. If you hear someone described as having no knees, like no knees Denise, for instance, <laughs> what does that mean to you? I guess that she's short. Good okay. one. Yeah. That's new. Yeah. Nobody ever got to short, but that's very true. I, I've heard some of the other answers. I, yeah. I, 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 I don't want to disrespect this Denise character. I that just is feel the like cleanest answer we've ever had. It is. It's just right there, short. Yeah. It's clean, clear, succinct, PG, like G-rated maybe even. So, yeah. you know. Going back a question for a second. You're not safe here. You're going to die. I'm so sorry. You're going to die. Would you rather die in a fiery explosion or by drowning in icy water? Oh, boy. I... Mm, I, I'd probably take that fiery explosion because I go okay. out with a bang for one thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I assume if I'm in a fiery explosion, I've probably done something that like helps overall. Or like <laughs> drowning, it feels like what am I contributing to this? Nothing except a really sad corpse. So I, I feel like if I'm in some kind of explosion because I like took somebody down with me, or I stopped it from hitting somebody else, or whatever. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. No context. Revenge of the Nerds or the Dark Knight. <laughs> the Dark Knight. Are you more of a Hobbs? Or Shaw? Shaw. I'm a Shaw in this scenario. Okay. Yeah. Overwhelmingly Shaw. That is one of our most clear discrepancies. I feel like even you with the confidence to say you're a Letty, you know you're not a Hobbs. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a whole he's thing. Huge. Like, he's, like, he's, yeah, because he's, he's like, yeah, he's a Hulk. Like yeah. it, like like Shaw, like, you know, Jason Statham's cool about that, but he's like he also seems like a guy. Like he seems like a person that exists in reality. And the, and the rock does exist in reality, except he just seems abnormally large, like, as far as how his body... Him and Cena, for that matter. Like, Cena has such an awkward body. And, uh, He's huge. That like, man's really big, yeah. Like, I assume you guys have seen The Suicide Squad by now, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's that scene where he walks out in just his briefs, and it's... Like, beyond the fact that that's funny, because John Cena's framing him as funny in general, his body is so, like, weirdly, like, shaped... He's, he's like yeah. a he's like a real he's like a real Johnny Bravo like that's what yeah he yeah that's a good like. point but but the Rock is like think of like like think of even Fast Five to an extent he's not quite as big but like he gets so big now like when he does things like Black Adam's gonna be ridiculous when he he's yeah. like <laughs> my my friend Bob who I do How to Win the Lottery with he says whenever you cast like Arnold or the Rock in a movie as like a cop. It mm-hmm. becomes not a real movie because, like, no cop has the time to spend 11 hours a day in the gym <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, true. <laughs> so here's a question, that, another question I might retire because it feels like it's a very niche thing. But of what? the unsung younger brothers, are you more of an Owen Shaw from Fast and Furious 6, a Mateo from Hobbs and Shaw, or a Jacob from F9? Are you more of an Owen, a Mateo, or a Jacob? I would say a Mateo. It feels like Mateo's got his head, like, you know, his, bro- his brother may be, like, estranged for him, but he seems he's running a business, seems successful enough, given that they're on an island nation where I can't imagine many sales happen, but regardless, it seems to be working out for him. Like, it seems like he's got, like, his life set, despite, like, you know, all the stuff that kind of comes his way, where Owen is, like, he's trying to, like, prove himself, and he has, like, this meticulous plan that I don't know where he was really adding up to. I guess he's... Is he working for Charlize? Is that the thing that's going yes. on over? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Okay. So he does have like an overlord, and it's Charlize in that scenario. Okay. So, but like even then, he still seems like he's just kind of like this underling. But he has this thing about like you know no family at all or what. And it's like ah, I'm not into that. And and Jacob, you know, he's obviously got a lot of issues. When it's like he's apparently good at what he does, and I'll you know we'll see more about. I'm sure we'll hear more about that in 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 uh, the tenth one. 
Uh, I'll refrain from using the title um, <laughs> for now. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, I, 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 look, I look forward to learning more about him, but he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that I'd be rolling with. So Mateo, is, I think, is I'm some more simpatico with. You know, that answer was so good, I'm going to keep the question. Yeah, that was a really good, you know, I, I absolutely agree. It's not a question for everybody. Like, you need to have experience with the franchise to a point where, like, oh, yeah, I know who that is. Like, people are like, who's Mateo? It's like, we, the movie just came out. Like, you got to know, you got to know Mateo. But, if I'm on know. the Too Fast, Too Forever podcast, I feel like I'm going to do my homework. Thank here, guys. you. Thank you. <laughs> we appreciate it's it. It's not so much to ask. Okay. Here's a brand new question, which I'm going to, because we, we have, like, they're all broken down by movie. Because, like, if we have a lap where a guest is on every movie, we do different questions per movie or whatever. And so the good cop, bad cop was movie four. So that's gone. So here's another one. Fits in perfectly with four. Are you more fast or furious? And Joe, what do you think of that question? I like it. I, I do like it. I wonder where this is going to go. I ran track, so I'm a, I'm a fast guy. Okay. I, I like to move. I like to move it, move it, as Jada Pinkett said. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Perfect. Well, there were four options I could have chosen for that joke, by the way. I went with Jada Pinkett for some reason. It's really good. I think of the Jock Jams one. Oh, yeah. I think that was on the Jock Jams thing. I don't know. Who knows? And the final question in this portion, before we go to a different thing with other questions, do you have a favorite character in the franchise? Roman, by far. Okay. I like Roman. I'm a big Roman fan, too. Watching F9 especially, he just seems instrumental to this franchise as much as Dom at this point. Like, there, there is so much that you gain from having him around wow. as opposed to not having him around. That is the biggest compliment I think anyone has ever paid to Roman on this podcast <laughs> or in real life. Well, well, he's so, as instrumental like, as Dom. I seriously believe, believe it. I mean, the he he's playing the comedy, sure, but there's like there's so much. It keeps the movies from like feeling like too much, like too earnest, like too serious. Like it's, it's such, especially in F F F nine where. I love the exploration of, are we invincible? <laughs> like, is this a thing yep. now? Mm-hmm. Is yeah. this how it works? And I was, and going one step further, the whole space thing, which I, I think was handled very well for them. I think we talked about this, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I, and I think I'm, pretty, I'm sure we addressed this on the podcast, but I, I think because of how you see his reaction to going into space, that's why it sells the sequence so well. The, True. The, the yeah. way it goes from him being, like, manic about this ridiculous thing to having this this sense of wonder in his face as you're watching him escape the atmosphere of earth it's like that's what tyrese brings to this franchise there's like some like serious wonder energy that is seriously lacking from a lot of movies that are way too cynical or just don't seem to like get the tone of what we're really going for this series doesn't necessarily need to be grounded but it needs to have some kind of like why am i watching this beyond just like the car stuff or hearing about family it's like because tyrese brings a certain kind of energy that's not i don't see replicated very often and i, I think it really it, ever since too fast which he's excellent in I, mm-hmm. I, and then he had to shift from being alpha to comedic relief it still really works so i mean it's clearly he's doing something right since they're they've held on to him a lot longer than some of the other characters of the franchise yeah from alpha to joker the mm-hmm. roman pierce story yeah. all right so now to kick off the conversation about Tokyo drift all lap long since we've known that dom has a new brother named jacob played by john cena if you can see him because it's hard to see him we've been trying to figure out where in the world where in the timeline where while these things are going on jacob is and tokyo drift is especially interesting because of the timeline of it all what we learn in f9 is that han is obviously not really dead because han is back but han during this movie has been working for mr nobody so that's going to inform part of our conversation i'm sure but separating that for a second we know that at some point we don't know when it started we don't know when it ended 
Jacob was working for Mr. Nobody as well. So in the events of Tokyo Drift, which now take place after six, but before the credits in six, where is Jacob? Is he working for Mr. Nobody? Is he not working for Mr. Nobody? Is he in Tokyo while this is going on? Is he somewhere else? Aaron, again, no wrong answers. Where at this time, and I don't remember what we said last time because why would I write things down? <laughs> uh, where do you think Jacob is during the events of this movie? I think he's definitely working for nobody at this point. Okay. Um, I and I and if I had to guess where he would be, like in this movie specifically, I think there's three points he could be popping up, or at least in the background or something. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, one is is during the kind of the montage of shit. What's his name? Because <laughs> um, uh, I'm like Brian. No, a different white guy. Sean. Um, <laughs> where yeah. the montage of like Sean like doing work for Han as well as like becoming a better drifter. Sure. I, I'd like to think he's like in the background of one of those races like observing him and because he's you know connected to Han so he's like I'm interested in what where this is going. And, and one of the places where he's picking up like money for Han, mm-hmm. he's okay. like, he, like maybe he's in like that that sauna that like that spot. So that's... with the guy who has the paw tattoo, with, yeah, he's like, also yeah, there. Yeah, he's like okay. wearing a towel somewhere in the back, and it's like in the bathhouse. Yeah, 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 in the cool. ba- exactly the bathhouse. Maybe he's like in there at some point. Um, then yes, during one of the races, he's seeing, because he likes races, obviously. So he's like watching one of the races, and then obviously the third time is when Han fake dies. He's like watching from a distance, like in the crowd somewhere. Yeah, I think on a per capita basis, him being in Shibuya Crossing, just like number of people yes. on the screen, yes. mm-hmm. he's probably there. But I do like him being in the bathhouse. I think that's a nice pick. But Joe, what about you? Where do you think is Jacob in Tokyo, or is he somewhere else? And is he working for Mister Nobody as he quits? I think in the scene that you see the football field, like the soccer field, and then playing, I think uh-huh. that he's probably from a vantage point that's pretty much where that camera angle is from. He's nice. like in a higher building watching <laughs> down like that. I do think he's probably working for Mr. Nobody, but I think that that would be a good pl- – like he's just like always above them too, right, yeah, to kind of like jump off that. Yeah, so he can zip line wherever he needs to go afterwards. Exactly. He could just like <laughs> shoot a thing, rappel across the city, and he'll be there. Which, as we know, he is a master of zipline in a way that I did not think gravity, you know, worked, right? So. Yeah, exactly. And he's very he's very casual about it, too. That's the best part. When he's ziplining, he's like, oh, yeah, another one of these. Yeah. Yawns during it. I feel, so So we're we're nearing a point in time, just because we don't have a lot of ahem, runway left in terms of number of movies between now and nine, where he turns on Mr. Nobody. And I feel like maybe... And he's got to know that he's not Mr. Nobody's only contact. But maybe he starts to feel a little jealous that he's recruiting Han. Seems like that that kind of guy. Right? That he's like, I thought we had something. He's like, yeah, man, but I got lots of you guys. And then that, you know, so I feel like this is where it's beginning to crumble. Again, (laughs) I might have said in the last episode, oh, yeah, he's already gone. But I feel like it's now... He's about to turn. Like, he and, like, uh, Nobody and Han at some point are, like, hanging out in a ramen bar, and they're, and, and, and Jacob's, like, walking in from the distance, and he sees them, and he sees them, like, clink their Belgian ale glasses, like, and he gives a sad look and walks away all Charlie Brown style. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. I'm watching the bathhouse scene right now. Uh, to see if there's a guy who's not like very clearly because it's all Asian men, they're all, it's all very mostly Japanese older guys. Asian men. Yeah, but there's a guy who takes down his underwear. Like you don't see his dick because it's behind a partition. But there's a guy you see him take down his underwear in the scene, which I've never seen before because I've never looked past the guy with the bear tattoo. But you know, there's almost you know this is almost a, a rated X movie. Almost. 
I love this question, by the way. They're like, where Thank Jacob you. is. I, like, I, it's all like, Joe. That's all Joe. I, I'm very much hoping that when they release the 11, sorry, I guess with Hobbs, the 12 movie box set, <laughs> that, that um, they remaster these and they see they CG John Cena in various scenes from I all of these movies. That. That's my that's my favorite thing. It's yeah, the Fast and Furious special editions. There's Dubacks and John Cena in every movie now. It'd be perfect. I love it. Yeah. All right, Aaron. The floor is yours. Tokyo Drift, your, I believe, what'd you say, third favorite Fast mm-hmm. and Furious movie? Correct. What do you love about this movie? What are your favorite parts, your least favorite parts? There's no Roman, so there's none of your boy Roman, but mm-hmm. what about this do you love? Why did you want to talk about this movie? Or is this the one I'm just like, hey, we need a guest for this? I don't remember. That might have been what happened, but tell us about Tokyo Drift. That's part of it, but also it's like I could talk about any of these movies, even the ones I'm lesser on, just because I have mm-hmm. reasons why. I mean, it's not hard to do. I very much do like this movie, and a lot of it comes like, and that's in spite of the fact that yes, it does remove key franchise elements. There's no Dom, there's no Brian, there's no Roman, there's no, uh, there's no L.A. There's there's a lot of things that are just you know on pause before we kind of get back to the back to the Skywalker saga and the rest of the films. So sure. it's you know. What I really keyed into the first time I was watching this is, oh, this is Karate Kid, but with cars. Like, that's the movie oh. I'm watching. Which, that that aspect right there is like, well, that's how good that screenplay was. They can apply it to The Fast and the Furious and make it work. Even though in this movie, Han says to Sean, there's no wax on, wax off you learn by to doing. Drifting. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. okay. I mean, there's clear, you know, clearly, I, that that just makes me think Justin Lin very much knows what his screenplay is attached to. We made Karate Kid, but with cars this time. They, and they and made so it. is Han Mr. Miyagi? In this scenario, yes, he's the Mr. Miyagi. Love that. Yeah. That's okay. great. Yeah. yeah. So structure-wise, that's what had like once I tapped into that, I'm like, okay, because I was curious, like, what is this movie going to be? This third one that's coming mm-hmm. out now, that's like a spinoff. Like, what do we get out of that? Uh, and so, you know, right there, I was like, okay, now I once he like got to, you know, got to um, Tokyo, and like we started seeing like where this plot was going. I was like, okay, all right, I see what you're trying to do, and I appreciate it. In addition to that. There's a lot of things I really like about this. One, first off, the soundtrack is banging. Like, this is yep, such a really good, good soundtrack. It kicks off of that most deaf track that's excellent. It has so many, like, different kinds of jams throughout this thing, mm-hmm. which is, which is like, it takes, it's kind of a uh, a, a new direction from Too Fast and Furious, which is obviously very, you know, uh, southern rap heavy, with, you know, ludicrous and all that. I mean, you got yeah, a lot sure. of different kinds of things. This one goes a different direction. You have, a, a, you know, a variety of different tracks that I just really enjoy. It's, it's probably the soundtrack I've played the most. Eh, yeah, no, probably. the sound- Six I play a lot also, but this, this one's right up there as far as the soundtracks I've played I mean, six, we own it. I mean, that's that's enough to exactly. you know, put six in console rotation, sure. Two chains! I like <laughs> Money is the motivation. And something conversation? I don't know. Well, yes, yeah. Soundtrack, amazing, yes. It's Yeah, but yeah, this soundtrack is also very amazing. Uh, obviously Han, I mean, you can't go very far sure. without saying Han is a big, huge factor of why I like this movie. Uh, he is, he very much strikes on screen right away. I had seen Better Luck Tomorrow already before, I, I saw it in theaters also, so I've been very, I was very aware of Justin Lin being like, oh, cool, he's got a new movie out and he's in the Fast and Furious franchise, awesome. Uh, and then he, and then seeing Sung Kang in there, I was like, I didn't, I wasn't like sitting there thinking, this is definitely the same guy from that movie, but it's like, <laughs> You know, in retrospect, as that conversation started happening, it's like, that's actually really cool that he brought Han in from from that movie and incorporated him to this world for whatever reason. Uh, But yeah, he is like a mountain of charisma. The way he conducts himself throughout this thing is great. Um, He has such, like, 
this is not the most chemistry heavy movie as far as Sean's connection to other people. So the fact that he connects to him, that's a big plus right there. Very true. Yeah. This is not true. me saying Luke is black is bad in this movie. I think in moments he is really good. I think in other moments he feels like a 20 year old person who's playing a high school kid. Um, well, it's, it's also like in terms of the lack of chemistry, like that's kind of the point of the movie, right? Like he's not supposed to fit in. Like, yeah, but there's the difference between fish out of water and we're taking True. you in because of how much we get along with you. And I think, True, yeah. and I think he works well with Twinkie. Bow Wow also fun in this movie, and obviously his whole car is one of the hugest best aspects of this thing. Him and um, Neela, it's like all right, yeah, like you need a romance, I guess, but like it, you know, I'm not, ex- I'm not watching Machio and Elizabeth Shue over here. Like it's not, it's not the same thing. Uh, it's uh, they, they have scenes together. And I guess they work. I guess that's kind of my takeaway from that. Right, Lucas. Black, I do think Lucas Black has a lot of great moments. The whole opening segment with him and um, Brad from Home Improvement. I, I, yeah. I they, they, that's a lot of fun because it's such it's such cliched high school bullshit. Where I'm like in the theater when I was watching this with my friend. Uh, shout out to Scooter, uh, my friend who I've seen most of these movies with. Um, there's a lot of like lines where you just know where they're going. So it's like when Sean is like leaning next to the girlfriend, it's what Nikki Griffin, and and uh, Zachary Ty Bryan walks up and he's like, "You talking to my girl?" We both said, "You talking to my girl?" Right before he said, it. "Like it's just a lot of like yeah. obvious <laughs> stuff that's happening." <laughs> like, as far as how to frame this, I got to be more macho than you type thing. It's a ridiculous sequence. The whole race around the the built car lot and it's a big reminder that this is a 2000s movie because they you know go for the ba with the boss on the soundtrack the oh scene. yeah um, oh yeah but it's still like super fun but it's capped off with the we're in the hospital or the police whatever and sean like gives that smile to the girlfriend because he won the race and his smile's all bloody like that's like maybe lucas black's best moment of this movie when he just gives that like i did it <laughs> it's, it's perfect i agree you know, the, the use of Tokyo, I think, is effective enough. Like, I'm not going to say this is the most authentic Tokyo movie because, you know, it's the Fast and the Furious. It's a universal production. But regardless, Justin Lin, I think, does a good job of bringing a certain an aspect of what that life could be that applies both to this series and to just seeing something different on a, you mm. know, that's not America or not like Paris or England or whatever cliche, like, summer movie thing that you would see. You get a lot of, mm-hmm. like, interesting depiction of, like, teenage nightlife in Tokyo that I think works pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as I'm not a car, like as I'm not a car guy, as I've said, I still think the you know the car stuff in here, much like the first two films, is handled very well and it's in in its own way. Obviously, the drifting factor is a huge aspect, as it's called Tokyo Drift, and the title has since been appropriated to apply to anything that you want to have more fun with, just like Electric Boogaloo. Uh, yep. So it's like, yeah, Tokyo drifting. Let's see why that works. And the drifting looks cool in this movie, you know, it largely so because cool. it's largely because it's a low a lower budget movie than the first two. Or no, it's not. Yeah. That's that's not that's all. Uh, the first one. It's bigger than the first one, but, but it just, somehow feels like a lower budget. It, movie. Do, it does feel like it's a more grounded. But it doesn't feel uh, cheap. Yeah. It just feels like we're gonna do this other thing where it's like all brand new people in a brand new place, and we're gonna just yeah. try something like it's gonna be like a you know a, a serialized story with different characters. Very much so. Where like compared to Two Fast and Furious, which I, you guys talked about, it's John Singleton being like, I was just into anime, so I wanted to make an anime movie, and I guess right. Two Fast and Furious. Like this is like I, I'm making something more grounded. So like the use of CG is. I would say fairly minimal. There's a lot of practical car stuff happening, and that's true for all of the movies, honestly. There's obviously more CG as it goes on, and 4 is the worst perpetrator of this. But, I mean, they do do a lot of practical stunts. That's a huge thing about the series that I really like. But this one, because it's not focused on world-changing events or saving the day, it's just focused on 
group of teenagers racing in garages or what have you. It's like, yeah, I, I like that it looks really good. You see the drifting in action. The title, it earns the title of Tokyo Drift by having actual drifting. It's like a lot of fun stuff there. The the villain, DK, um, <laughs> it's, uh, um, he has that kind of like, that that pompous villain energy that I think works for a movie like this, and then you have Leonardo sure. Nam who pops in here as like the. I wish he had more to do, honestly, but but it's from in terms of like giving you a something to bounce off of. It's like yeah, you got the crazy one, and you got the the more serious uh, grumpy guy all the time. Yeah, it, it does feel like, and we've talked to you know, especially when we did the missing pieces lap, which was lap mm-hmm. seven, mm-hmm. I think. But we did the deleted scenes, and like, there's so much for this movie that are especially around like. Reiko and Earl and like just like the the sort of ancillary characters and I feel like if this movie came out like today and it was the kind of like where it's Hobbs and Shaw where it doesn't have to necessarily tie in we would have had another like 30-35 minutes with more Morimoto and with more of Reiko and more of Earl and more you know what I mean like it feels yeah. like there's so much that like Justin Lin wants to explore in this space and then he has to get it down to I guess like an hour 40 or whatever for this movie before it becomes like oh they're all two and a half hours or whatever but I feel like there's there's so much that the, like the background characters and maybe they would overstay their welcome if they're in there more but you're right like Morimoto's awesome and the fact that he's only on screen for like I don't know three and a half minutes or whatever like it just it's a it's a bummer but yeah give me more yeah it's at the same time it's like i do appreciate the brevity of these these first like few oh, films for sure. like there's yeah. some there it, it, there's an efficiency there that i think very much matches the kind of movies these are where the, the next you know the five and beyond get more you know more and more epic as they go and while that's not necessarily a detriment overall because i think the pacing's handled pretty well in those movies it does feel like yeah these certainly feel like they're in a world of themselves now as far as being this big thing as opposed to being these, not necessarily intimate, but certainly more closed-off affairs. The great Sonny Chiba, of course, uh, just appearing just in this passed. movie. It's like, yeah, yeah. all right, an R.I.P. to Sonny Chiba. But just the fact that he's in this, it's like, well, that's fun. <laughs> like, Sonny Chiba's showing up in the Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> um, let's see, favorite moments? I do, I think that uh, that fir- the whole first, well, I, I mentioned the, like, the opening high school bullshit is like a lot of fun to me but the the first like drifting race that we have where sean is just messing up that car like the whole time of the race oh, it really, hurts my soul it's that's really entertaining to me uh that bit where they're all going up the elevators to get to the top and you like you have han go in by himself and he's like eating his food and you have twinkie go in and it's like a bunch of girls on the elevator like there's just a mm-hmm. lot of like there's a lot of fun happening in that whole sequence it just set up the atmosphere of what this underground racing world is like the 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 big montage of him learning how to drift in like the like the tire yard area or whatever like that's that's I I like that a lot. The, obviously the big like big action chase between um, Han and DK and then um, Sean and Neela and Morimoto like that that big chase sequence that leads to the what's the intersection call where they drift around the intersection? The, the Shibuya uh, crossing. The Shibuya crossing. Yeah, leading to the not death of Han. Leading to the not death of Han, and like seeing that for the first time, it's like, oh, they just killed like the best character. That's really it was yeah. really upsetting. Like I, I felt bad. Um, so it's like you know, it it has a the the culmination of that sequence is surprisingly emotional. You know, on on that similar kind of note, when you were seeing this for the first time in theaters and you were mm-hmm. surprised at the death, were you surprised to see Dom show up? Like, were you or did you? Were you like, oh yeah, that kind of makes sense? Were you like, like, oh my god, they got Vin Diesel for this movie? I wasn't. Su- now I was happily not spoiled by this. That's good already. But okay. like, I wasn't surprised because I, you just kind of feel these things at some point. But it's not like I was like thinking Dom better show up at the end of this. It's more like, okay, that works. I, I like how that. I like yeah. how that connects to the rest of this franchise. 
Um, and I know I like I like knowing the reason why. It's like if you appear in this, then you get the rights to Pitch Black. Like that made me. Yep. <laughs> it's like that's a fun trade off for Vin Diesel. <laughs> like, appear in, appear in our Fast and Furious movie once again, and we'll give you Riddick. You can have him. Like that's that's very entertaining. To me. <laughs> what other aspects of this thing? Are you asking just like favorite moments in general? Or hmm. I mean, yeah. If, if there's one thing, like I guess here's a question that we don't really often ask. But if you're thinking, if somebody mentions Tokyo Drift, you think of this movie. Like, what's the one thing that comes to mind? Like, what's the thing that like what when you think like oh Tokyo Drift? Oh. Like, is there an image or a scene or something a moment that you're like oh yeah that's what I think of like the residual self image in the Matrix terms? Well, when I think Tokyo Drift now, I just hear the the um the Tokyo the the like the the main theme the teriyaki song, the teriyaki song, yeah. song like that's what i you know you dun, 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 like you just mm-hmm. hear that right i hear mm-hmm. that right in my head anytime tokyo drift is mentioned and then like when i hear tokyo drift brought up it's depending on the people that i'm with it's either a, yeah that movie's fun or a, i never saw that because it's to- called tokyo drift and so my 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 immediate thought is to be like well, it, it, you have to see it. It's Karate Kid of Cars, and that generally intrigues people. It's like, really? <laughs> that, that, that generally gets them like interested to some degree. It's like, how does that work? My my thought initially when I hear Tokyo Drift is both the theme song and the idea that I need to defend this movie and let people know that it's actually pretty great. Okay. I never cool. thought about this until you just said it, but now that I'm sitting here thinking, the first thing that came to my head was uh, Twinkie's Hulk car. Mm-hmm. And it feels kind of out of place when that's it, but like that was like the first thing that... like vividly popped into my brain when i when i heard tokyo drift i like how excited he is when he like introduces his car to sean when he's yes. like getting it out and they're like going through the they're cycling through the cars and it's like he keeps you know, this is not that one not that one there it is and it's like you're you know watching this the first time you're thinking what is bow wow excited about and it's like <laughs> what what's the camera going to reveal to me right now and of all the things you could have it's like no i did not think that there was going to be some yep. kind of th- this specific kind of car that has hulk hands pressed into the metal of the car yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane but it's really it's a really cool car I think what kind of links the two of yours is that that is elevated, further elevated by the soundtrack of it all, My Life Be Like, and just like yes. the, the yes. perfect yep. song, mm-hmm. just like, yeah, okay. And then just him like nodding and smiling, like, yeah, that's pretty cool. And like, Sean doesn't really react. It's just like, he, 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 I feel like he's taking it out just to show himself. Just like, yes, yeah, my car, what's up? And Sean's mm-hmm. like, okay, cool, man. <laughs> One last thing, and this is, it doesn't really apply to the movie. I like the fact that Ebert likes this movie. Like, I like that he yeah. likes the, the, these first three movies. I'm into the fact that he was into them also. He's like, yeah, these are great. What, what are we talking about? These are these are fun movies. They do the job. And then the fourth one, much like my react, he's like, no, nah, this one isn't good. It's like, he proceeds to get it. <laughs> I know that he got a lot of shit. I think specifically for number two. I think he gave like three stars to number two or whatever. But it's yeah. like, you know, this movie isn't trying to be Citizen Kane. It's trying to do a thing that, like, it's doing. And they're all successful at it. I mean, they're successful in different ways and to different extents or whatever. But, like, if you want a cool movie that just feels cool and looks cool and sounds cool. Hour and a half. Characters, yeah. You're in and out. It's, like, I don't know how to make a better version of this. Like, people, I think, hate this because it doesn't, like, tie into the, I mean, now it does. But, like, I don't, I don't know why people hate this movie because, like, it's great. I mean, I do think it just comes down to... Lucas Black screen presence by comparison to yeah. you know the other three from the first two movies. Yeah. It's like yeah, that's not that's not quite up to speed, and it's not like you know I I like Bow Wow in this, but it's not you know the movie it's not an action movie, right? It's it's purely about like racing. It's 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 a high school drama with cars. Like that's mm-hmm. the movie uh, compared to being you know a heist film or you know just something that's more action focused. So it's like this is a 
who is this for exactly? And I think that's the audience that honestly flocked to it. It's the people that's like, yeah, it's like a high school thing, and it's cars and whatnot. It's cool. Like, it's it's less about, like, gunfights and what have you. It's more about this. Is there a movie called Heist School? That's a high school where you learn how to do heists. There, sure, let's put that down on the docket right there now. There should right? be, right? Let's bang that out in the next couple of months. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that this is uh, intellectual property of Too Fast Too Forever and Aaron Newworth. You cannot take this idea. We are we're mailing it to ourselves in the in the post office, which doesn't really work. But uh, we got we got dibs on uh, heist heist high heist school high. Heist, I like heist, heist school. school. Heist there is a better. there is a short film called Heist School apparently, and a workaholics episode. But I, I mean, I'm seeing there's a lot of wiggle room. I think. For oh yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. Okay. Last thing about the Ebert thing, because I specifically remember the the Ebert and Roper like television episode of them talking about this movie. Okay. So at this point it had been two movies where I think Roper didn't like either of them and Ebert's liked both of them. So they get to this third movie and I think it's because they trade off. I think it's Roper goes first and he like describes the, you know, as you do on a film, in a film show, you describe what the movie is and then you give like your thought, then he goes to Ebert. And so <laughs> Ebert's like, well, I like this movie and Roper gives him like this, this dumbfounded look. And he's like, this is, you're punking me, right? Like, he just couldn't believe that Ebert was still down for the Fast and Furious <laughs> franchise. And it's always, it's always stuck out to me as far as, like, because like, the Siskel disagreements, those are, like, legendary. Like, you can, I, I find those on YouTube just for fun. But, the, you know, there's not too many, like, memorable Ebert and Roper memories that I have. So, like, that's one that really sticks out to me as far as him just, like, not believing that Roger Ebert's like, yeah, Tokyo Drift, it's great. Why not? What's it's fun? <laughs> <laughs> What's your problem? <laughs> this guy said he knew Ebert. Said Ebert was family. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> because Ebert liked Diesel. That was the thing. He was a big fan of Diesel. So I think that's what got him by in the first one. And I guess he was just riding the fumes of the next two because he's just still into this fucking franchise for whatever reason. It's a beautiful thing, man. It's yeah. awesome. I love it. Joe, what about you? So in terms of, you know, within the, within the context of F9, how are you watching this movie? I'm watching this and I really couldn't see anything this time but trying to figure out what Han is doing with Mr. Nobody in the background, right? Right. And I have to think, and I wanted to present this to you guys, it might have been very obvious, but do you think that Mr. Nobody was trying to get Sonny Chiba in this movie and Han was just working kind of in the Giselle role as, like, buddies with DK? Because the one thing that never made sense about this movie to me is, like, we were always like, why is Han hanging out with the Yakuza and... Mm -hmm. With high schoolers. high schoolers, yeah, this doesn't make any sense. But if you put it in the context that Mister Nobody has them running a mission trying to find Sunny Chiba, or you know, like kind of bring down the Yakuza, and maybe Sunny Chiba is a big part of that, then now this starts to kind of fill in the blanks of like why he's with DK, why he's with high schoolers, and things like that. What do you think about that? Well, first, I want to say R.I.P. Sunny Chiba, and second, and I want to, I'm going to let Aaron do his thing because I just have a dumb idea that I can't get out of my head but I'm just thinking you said like he's is he the Giselle I'm just thinking of him in the bathhouse with Uncle Kamada and they're trying to get Uncle Kamada's handprint on on Han but he's not there's no bathing suit so just like how is this going to work and Han's like don't worry I got it <laughs> well played <laughs> did he smack the okay. um, <laughs> I I'd like to think that Nobody is using Han as a as a kind of like he's 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 he stationed Han as like an undercover Yakuza at this point. Yep. Like that's like yeah. the the ultimate idea. It's not to take down the Yakuza because the Yakuza is so big, right? It's like it's, it's everything uh, as far as like worldwide mobs go or whatever. So I I feel like it's more of it's a means to an end. So like we'll use Sunny Chiba to get to these other guys that we can take down. 
Like he's probably connected to all kinds of stuff. So as long as he right. seems like an underling, that means he's going to get access to like all kinds of other things, other connections that the Yakuza have that will be useful to nobody as far as what else they can, you know, stop or track or keep, you know. And it has to play in with these like shipments too. Like that mm-hmm. also seems like a very Mister Nobody thing to be watching because like mm-hmm. we learn that they like are fighting. DK is like, like Uncle Kamada is upset because he has these like shipments of we don't know what presumably car parts or something coming in han is you know undercutting them and like kind of like skimming off the top on their shipments and it's like oh that seems like something that mr nobody would be involved in like international trafficking he might be concerned about that like that's the the plot of what we see in four is like moving the money and drugs back and forth so sure it kind of tracks i've said this before it's it's amazing how well they've retrofitted this movie to take place after the fact and to have all this different stuff take place. Like considering this is, this is probably not the idea to do this. So like, you know, we're we're trying to like rectify what are facts in here with like what we're assuming to be facts later or whatever. But it's a fact in this movie that Han is stealing from the Yakuza, right? Because Uncle Kamada says to DK, your partner is stealing from me or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if we put this in the context of what we know he does in movies four, five, six, whatever, we know that he has $11 million from Rio. So there's no need for him to steal from the Yakuza because he's set, right? He's like, I got money. Because he's either stealing for himself And presumably or Giselle's money too, right? Because like, what happened to hers? She's still alive. She's, you know, living, whatever. She's a citizen of the world. Yeah. <laughs> so he's either stealing for himself or for someone else. And so he's not stealing for himself because he says he has money in this movie. He doesn't need the money. He seems fine. He's got the $11 million from Rio, which means that he's stealing for someone else. And so the logical leap, the next step, whatever, would be that he's stealing from the Yakuza for Mr. Nobody. I don't know what to, to what end, though. Like, I don't know unless they're just trying like you wouldn't like disrupt like it's like, oh, you're going to take down like a low level street dealer or whatever. It's like that's not going to take down like the meth empire. Like, I don't you know, it's kind of like a blurry thing. He's, gotta be, he's involved in the shipments. I know, but so he's got to, but like, you don't steal to, to disrupt that. You like sort of lie low. So like it's it's a murky underground, but I do think that his placement in the Yakuza, given what we know from F9, directly ties into Mr. Nobody. I think part of it is just he wants to mess with um, with DK. Like it's, He's still a criminal at heart, right? Yeah, it's, it's just it, within his nature, I guess, to, you know, do certain shady things because that's, you know, he's a wild animal. Right. But um, but also, I think it's just to kind of get to I think it's kind of just to like stick it to DK as far as how he's conducting himself, how he's positioning himself as this big guy because his uncle's in Yakuza. Or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like, well, what if I make you look bad in front of your uncle on occasion? And I just start, you know, taking stuff. and It backfires ultimately, I guess. But I, I do I do think there's a little bit of like just resentment that he's throwing into why. And he's like in a lost place. Right. He just lost Giselle. So he's like his mind's all over the place as far as how to what what's his purpose. Right, right. So then, similar kind of related question in terms of Mr. Nobody and the plot of this movie. Do you think, is Han trying to recruit Sean for Mr. Nobody? Like, no. Is he, like, out in the field, like, if you have, if there's other people, like, see if they're worthy of whatever? Or is he just, like, he just likes ha- Sean because he likes Sean? Sean's a dog. Sean's a puppy to him. He okay. Is, he, is, he is something he can train to just, something to keep his focus on. And, you know, train him how to, you know, drive well or whatnot, but just, like, it, it, I think it occupies his time. And Sean is a much better compliment that is reminding him of the crew, right? Yes. He reminds him of mm-hmm. his previous friends now that we know, because, like, he's dealing with, like all, like, all of these, like, Japanese guys and, like, the Yakuza and stuff like that. But he meets a kid that just fucking wants to race. And he's like, oh, that's where we were. 
Yeah, like, he sees, this is he sees raw, po- raw potential in him as far as, like, this is a guy that drives, and he seems like a, you know, at heart he's a good person compared to the yep. Yakuza I'm hanging out with. Seems yeah. loyal. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, what I has, think. I mean, he knows Brian at this point, right? So it's like yeah. he, he can see Brian in him. So then the other question in terms of, like, the big things that, that, sh- that Han is doing in this movie, there's the pickup and delivery business, which we sort of alluded to before, where he goes to the bathhouse to get the money from the paw. Is the pickup and delivery business, is that a Mr. Nobody thing? Is that like a no. government sting? That's just Han running low level. That's that's for yeah. Uncle Kamada. Exactly, yeah. Okay. And just because he likes doing crime. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's not going to fully get out of it. Like, because we even see, like, all of the other people that are, like, when they're agents or, like, you know, employed by Mr. Nobody or Hobbs or whatever, like, they're working for the ISS, that they, they still do, like, low level crime DSS. What's the ISS? Space Sorry. Station? Different thing. Probably, yeah. That's Ro- Roman works the ISS now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Hobbs works the DSS. Space, hashtag Space Force. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Season two. <laughs> yeah, but they're all still doing like low level like criminal shit just because that's just like part of their nature, right? Sure. Yeah. So I think that that's it's outside of it. I had okay. an I had another thought though. So the next step, which I'm sure you were about to get to, Han, we know from F9 has L. And he picks her up at some point, but I really couldn't put my finger on a time where it seems like Han is not free at night partying <laughs> to be raising what is well, wait, it? Wait, is the L thing after this, though? Is that after It he... can't be, because he's dead. At some point in this movie, he gets L. Or I'm, try- or, I'm trying to remember, isn't though? Isn't it? Isn't he fakes the or, death first? And he's he just fakes doing the death, and then and he's just doing yeah. jobs for nobody at that point, right? And isn't oh, one of them? Oh, is that so how it not, goes? Is it? Reversed? He's not actually working for Mister Nobody in this movie, or he is, and that this no, is part. I thought it was the other way around. That he's working jobs for Mister Nobody. He goes to steal the thing. He finds L, and then Mister Nobody's like, "I have to disappear him because he has L." I'm not going to say you're wrong. I'm just trying to like. I'm, I, I can't like get the 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 money. Um, the moments together right now. I'm trying to think here. Because I thought we had it clear. I thought we knew, but now maybe we don't. Because I think hmm, people out there are shouting at their podcast player right now. <laughs> no, I'm I'm like fairly confident that he sat down with Mr. Nobody. He's like, hey, I need you to run some jobs for me. He gets L. He definitely gets L and then explodes. Well, because so the the background is that he recruits Han after Giselle, after Giselle dies, dies, yeah, because Giselle trusted him, and that's rare in this line of work, right? And he meets him in Japan. We see them like in Japan. Like the 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 death thing has to be the death thing is so he can keep working for nobody, right? So that's why it'd be after L would be after that because then he's he's just do he's just a worker for nobody at that point. But he was already a worker for nobody before that point. Yeah, like so so okay so, so okay yeah okay I, okay they, yes, they, I see what you're saying. But the I, timeline I, is so mm-hmm. Giselle dies, Han in grief goes to Tokyo, and he's yes. there for X period of time. Mister mm-hmm. Nobody recruits him at some point. He follows him there, and it's just like Giselle trusted you. I trust you. Work for me. Han says fine. Whatever. Yes. Then at some point, either before or after the crash, he get he does the job where he's supposed to steal the thing. He actually winds up taking L in. And then there is either before or after. There's the, there's the crash. But the last thing we see before it cuts back to Han and Nine is the crash, and then he's like, "Okay, that's it." And then they stop the story, right? But I think yeah. But I think that also might just be the framing in Nine of like the timeline. It's, it's okay. filling in what we know. Yeah, it's like we thought you died, and he's like, "Well, this is actually how it happened, or whatever." Okay, this is what happened, and then fair. this is what happened next. And I think what happened next is somewhere around that time is when he found L and started doing missions and taking care of her. Yeah, the original job to steal Project Ares 
is it L was not going to be a part of it. Like she was the key or whatever, but he was supposed to steal just the thing. So like that doesn't, yeah. he doesn't have to be like a ghost at that point. He can just be like a regular kind of whatever. Right. So if yeah. we had, if we had actual dates for this franchise, that would help too. Cause we could go if from this franchise how old L is versus or when Kokyo yes, exactly. Drift actually takes place in this, like, I guess, weird nostalgia for the 2000s version of Tokyo. <laughs> since, yes. Since 2013. <laughs> But the but ultimately what I was trying to get to is that this could have been course corrected if they would have just made L Rico and then she would have been in the movies. They could have brought her back. Rico like Rico and Teco? No, like uh Reiko. Ray Reiko. Reiko. Okay. Reiko. The, Make her one like, of the characters as part friend. of the Drift family. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because that would explain why he's hanging out with high schoolers because he's kind of like watching her and her friends and she's in the movie. Like, she could kind of be the age if they would have just aged up L just a little bit. Oh, right. So that, that was the other thing, I think, Aaron. And that's that's where I think the timeline mm-hmm. factors in that L is in this universe. Because in F9, L is about 20. And when he takes her in, she's about 12. And this movie is supposed to take place in 2013. Like, you know, when Fast and Furious 6, like, that's the timeline. Mm-hmm. And F9 takes place in 2019 or whatever. So, like... She has to be around, I think, before or during the events of the movie. I think that was also part of our, our theory. But again, franchise doesn't give a shit about no, continuity or time. I mean, let's, but, you know, obviously, it's this is the third movie versus like we have to make all kind. We have to introduce a long lost brother, let alone things Han was doing in a franchise that we did not plan this out for. I mean, <laughs> at some point, you just can't really go along with how much retconning they can do and take it seriously. <laughs> But that's not going to stop us from trying. I know. I'm not, I'm not against it. I'm all, I'm all for the speculation. Because <laughs> I was also looking, and this is something that, Joe, you had said in a previous thing about you need to look at those sleep pods. And there's none that look like they're adorned for a young girl. But that would be a really big tip off. Like, why are there five for, like, you know, and then, like, a Hello Kitty mechanics one. and then a Hello Kitty one? It's like, that doesn't seem so. Like, it, one of them might be hers. I don't know. But although, realistically, she's probably, like, in that, like, second story, second floor apartment loft or whatever overlooking that uh, – in yeah. that ramen place. Exactly. Yeah, where they find her in nine. Yeah. Maybe the director's cut will set us straight in all this. There's an I extra seven minutes available so. on digital today as this episode comes out, September seventh. Yeah. So we'll physical media for life, so I'm waiting. <laughs> waiting for that. Oh yeah, that no, 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 no. I've, 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 yes, I will have the F9 4K disc in hand on the 21st. Don't you worry about that. What if it does? What if it does have like a, a legit scene that clarifies all of this in the director's cut? That's the only thing that's in it. It's just that. <laughs> oh god, six minutes of this. <laughs> just this. And John Cena in the background at one of the parties, and we're like, yeah, yeah, exactly. There it was. <laughs> It's just six minutes of audio from this podcast. Like, what the fuck? Like, you see, <laughs> there's no video. It's just like, you know, missing real, but it's just us talking like, wait, what is it? Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, Amazon right. review. Best Fast and Furious yet. But what was up with like, like that six minutes of black on the screen? <laughs> Bunch of random guys talking all this. It really took me out of the movie. But they went to space real, afterwards real and I was weird. into it. Five stars. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I noticed this time around was that and we might have talked about this because, again, my I can't remember this is now the like 10th time or whatever because we talked about this on High School Slumber Party and Third Time's Charms. So maybe the 11th time we talked about this movie. But... In the hangout, when they're playing dominoes or mahjong or whatever they're playing yes, up in mahjong, that like loft, yeah. when Sean shows up and these lights crash, there's a lamp with a samurai cutout pasted to it. Did you either do, you, do either of you no. know what this is? No. What Have is you seen it? this? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's like it's just somebody printed a picture of a samurai and then put it on this lamp. Yeah, like it looks cool, but yeah, it like it's somebody taped this to the thing. Joe, anything else about this movie that you saw this time around? Anything else in terms of, or, or Aaron, in terms of fitting it into the timeline of F9? Anything no. else that, like, we're, we're missing here? By the end of this movie, um, uh, uh, Sean is the Drift King at this point, and he and, you know, uh, Twinkie and 
they're all like running the, you know, i guess it's like the good ver it didn't seem like it was bad when dk was running things but you know it's the the, the side of the good has won out in all of this um i like the idea that like they continued high school together and i guess you know graduated of honors and went on to college or something and then became uh you know geeks that work on rockets like that's, that's that is thing. cool yes like I, I like to think they took like all the electives for science because they all had a shared interest in i don't know what trigonometry and um physics and other things that would like apply i think it was more split like i think the way it plays out in nine it seems like twinkie went to like business school Earl went became an engineer, mm-hmm. and then Sean just like dicked around like as a mechanic, and he's like, "You would still be a That's mechanic." Good. I mean, he's not dicking around; he's still a mechanic. Like he's not, yeah, it's not, it's not a skill I know. <laughs> exactly true. I'm not not slanting. I know you're not. Here. I know. I know what you're saying. <laughs> but uh, but no, it, they they like seem like you you know you would still be a mechanic without me. Like we wouldn't be working on rockets. And Twinkie mm-hmm. seems like he's kind of just running the business. Like he's not doing the rockety things. Like, what is the business you think they're like do they like just what do they do like when they're not doing the experiments on the weekend where they're like testing rockets out what's a day in the life for germany for these three <laughs> they're like going through he got it like i got to imagine that he like pretty much like invented stock x at this point right <laughs> like that's yeah. all i can imagine he just like has like a, a sneaker resale portal and like twinkie founded stock x was like oh yeah i'm just gonna take my shit digital and then just like mm-hmm. that's that's how he has the money to do this. they're probably big into crypto also yeah i would i would imagine so is it weird that twinkie didn't have any hulk paraphernalia on him throughout this movie despite being universal where they easily could have well he has the car so i mean no, 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 so i'm sorry enough, in, but... i'm sorry nf9 Oh, like in, in reference to the fact that he had this whole car. That... Well, I think I think I think they did a nice job in F nine of the Jordan thing. Like that, that feels Jordan as true is. to Twinkie. Jo- yeah, as that works. Yeah, Hulk, that's true. right? Like just all of his. I just put a link in the chat to the uh, the image of the. There's there's two lamps, and they both have cutouts. That looks like you know like a movie samurai that's just t- <laughs> oh. to the side of this lamp. Okay. Yeah, what the, what the hell did they do that for? Like who know. in the film? Like who in the crew was like, yeah, let's let's samurai this up a little bit. Like, <laughs> like it makes sense, but I'm also like, who? Like it looks like you know, it's not it's not like Shogun Assassin, like Lone Wolf and Cub, but like it looks like somebody from like a you know like a Takashi Miki movie maybe or like definitely I, I don't one know. of these. Yeah, I don't know, to we gotta ask to Justin do. Lin. He he definitely put them there for a reason. I'm trying to reverse this and see if I can image look up. <laughs> get the, get the, get this yeah, ju- Justin, right in family at cageclub.me. But no, offhand, I'm not sure. No, it's it just it's just strange. I'm like, oh, that's like, you know, because it looks nice. Like, it looks like kind of professionally done, but I don't know. I don't know. It just, it was wild. So, you know. I also do like going going back to the conversation you guys were having while I was scrub, scrubbing through the movie for this uh, for this image. I think it's cool that the only characters we ever see going to school become rocket scientists. Like, <laughs> you're saying about, like, you know, they continue their schooling, but, like, it's like, hey, kids, go to school and you can be a rocket scientist. Yeah, even if you race cars on the weekend and get into trouble and almost die exactly. at the hands of the like, Yakuza. Mm-hmm. Like, we know in the first movie that Mia is studying, and then there's the deleted scene where, like, you know, she wants to go to med school, or Dom wants to go to med school, or whatever, so he can, like, but she use her to heal mom, himself. Essentially. Yeah, and she gets cut out of the movies, basically, right? <laughs> yeah. So, like, but if you're in a movie going to school, you become a rocket scientist. It's clear if X, then Y. True. Uh, any other thoughts, or do you want to play a couple games? Games for me. I'm good for, for games, yeah. All right. Aaron, first up, we are going to find out which Fast and Furious character you are. So there's seven questions, six answers per question. No wrong answers again. Once again, if you want to 
defend your answers, or if you want to let the mystery be, whatever you want, are you ready to find out which character you are in the Fastiverse? Yes. Question number one, how fast are you? We know you, run high, you ran high school tracks, so I'm assuming pretty fast, but are you NASCAR, roller coaster, Lamborghini Murcielago, Toyota Prius, Vespa, or Razor Scooter? I'll take the NASCAR. Okay. Question number two, how furious are you? The Hulk, Kylo Ren, Christian Bale on that one movie set that one time, Mel Gibson, Charlie Brown, or Jack McBrayer? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say Hulk. We're having a barbecue. How are you helping? Are you manning the grill, saying grace, kicking back with a beer, babysitting, being the entertainment, or sneaking a snack? Being the entertainment. You're just trying to get Roman now. You've got time <laughs> to kill. What are you doing? Grabbing a bite, working on your car, hanging with friends, drinking a beer, working out, or working on your computer? Friends. I don't have friends. I have family. Describe your wedding. <laughs> I'm never getting married. It's just me and my partner. It's us and our families. It's a backyard country affair. Everyone I know is there. I don't remember. It's a backyard country affair. Man, there are like 12 characters within three or four points right now. So this could be anybody's game. Two questions left. You just won the lottery. What are you buying? My own garage, a private plane. I'm gambling it all away. My child at home, a fleet of cars, or a new life? My own garage. And the final question, what is your drink of choice? And considering you don't drink alcohol, might narrow this down. <laughs> Belgian ale, Corona, something fruity, water, whatever's cheapest, or just, you know, Joe's getting a drink, I'll just have one of whatever you're having. Something fruity. Ooh, 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 ooh. Hold on. I don't know if we have this character yet. Hang on. Oh, we did. Okay. Kyle, the foodie, the fruity films man himself, is also this character, but this is the only other time that she has ever come up. Aaron, you are Suki. Okay. <laughs> Your bright personality and artistic flair make you a very popular person, and it's easy to see why people are drawn to you. You're an optimist who can stay positive, even in defeat, which might be your most valuable trait. Always up for a good time and willing to take a risk. You're a hard person to pin down, but you're always there when your family needs you and you drive like, like the, the wind, wind blows. blows. That works. That works for me. Yeah? yeah? Cool. It's a pretty good one, man. I like Suki a lot as a character. I don't think she gets enough love. Your second most was Giselle and your least was Mr. Nobody. Oh. So you are not at all Mr. Nobody. You are not mysterious. It seems like, yeah, and I feel like Suki and Mr. Nobody are kind of diametrically opposed yeah that makes, yeah. yeah that makes sense yeah well you are suki so welcome to the family officially our second suki so glad to have another suki here because i mean suki's the best it seems like she's right on that lower tier of characters we expect to come back at some point but either it's scheduling or they just don't feel like acting anymore <laughs> that's correct yes because yeah. that's that's, sure. both, that's both her and ava mendez at this point yeah although ava so. mendez did come back for that one scene in five right so you yeah. know well, that, even then, that was before she really started not acting anymore, which she's yes. currently not doing. So. I mean, if you were with Ryan Gosling and raising a family, would you ever want to leave? Just like, no, that sounds like heaven. Just like <laughs> hang out at home with Ryan Gosling and your kids? Like, why not? Yeah. The next game is this Ain't No 10 Second Race, a.k.a. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Come and check out our show. Yeah, yeah. This is where I go on Twitter.com, a.k.a. The Bird app, and we find tweets from anybody on Twitter who might be interested in the show. We have all done our homework ahead of time. I have a tweet, Joe has a tweet, Aaron has a tweet, but first, I'm going to review last episode's picks okay. and see if we got any points. So first up, I found chocolate sauce at Zero Reacts. 
saying Vin Diesel saying the movies is better is greater than greater than greater than greater than and said it like everything Vin Diesel does is perfect boy do we have a podcast for you nothing Joe, you found Ayo Dez at Ayo Dez TMG said, I finally watched F9 and boy, my killers reach space. <laughs> he said, we love that scene just as much as you. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Nothing. <clears throat> Nico found Dick Warlock with the punchable face at Dick Warlock Esquire. Went to see F9 at the theater and spent an hour preparing to disconnect with the franchise altogether. Vin Diesel's character has become so dour, so self-serious, not fun. Then... They sent Tyrese and Ludacris into space, and I'm 100% back in. Can't wait for F10. We said, boy, do we have a podcast for you. There's one particular guy who feels the same way, particular way as you, if you're into that. It got two likes, one from Michelle Farley, who is a active participant on our Twitter. Yeah. Thank you, Michelle. But also one from Dick Warlock with the punchable face. So Nico gets a point. Point for him. There you go. One point to Nico, which is a, a rare thing. Aaron, this seems like the easiest game in the world, and yet it is wildly difficult to score points. So, but Nico up to 27 points, which is amazing. You know, get yeah, close. That's a ton. Neat. Kevo found Francios Stinson at lack 500. F9, I'm giving it a hard seven. Good night. And we said, boy, do we have a hard podcast for you? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> and then Nico and Kevo found a bonus one at Catherine Hammond or Hamon at Catherine Hamon. My nine-year-old just renamed the Fast and Furious franchise Impossible Cars. As we showed him F9 preview, he said, so is this just Impossible Cars? Followed by, can we watch Captain Underpants? Why do I feel like a failure somehow? And we said, boy, do we have a podcast for you, but not your kid. And Catherine liked the tweet. So no one gets a point there, but spreading the good word of Too Fast, Too Forever to Catherine. So shout out to Nico for a point and for a ghost point. Ghost girl yeah. on the bonus. So... Aaron, you sent in your tweet via email. Can you please read the tweet that we are going to retweet as too fast and respond to? The tweet is at the Ellen Show tonight. Mm-hmm. Find out where Vin Diesel put his pies on Game of Games. <laughs> so we're going to retweet that, and we're going to reply to the Ellen Show. And Ellen's obviously going to respond to this. But Aaron, how do you want to? So what we normally say is just point of the podcast for you and link to the show. But you can customize the message if you want. Add a little bit of flair that maybe will catch Ellen's eye, you know, her heart eye emojis in this picture. Do you want to customize this? And if so, how do you want to customize it? Let me think about this for a second. Um, let's see. Bearing in mind, this is a two and a half year old tweet from a verified account with hundreds of thousands of followers. <laughs> and also the game is difficult enough as it is. So it's probably not going to work. But if it does, next stop the moon. Guess I, I really want those points. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if you want to. Let's see. <laughs> find out where Vin Diesel. I, I appreciate how how serious you're taking this. Find out, find out where Vin Diesel put his pies on Game Over Games. Uh, find out where Vin Diesel put his cars uh, in Fast and Furious. Although, also, boy, do we have a podcast for you. Perfect. Cool. Done and done. Joe, please hit us with your tweets. Mine is a quote tweet. It's from at Goliath Smasher Cheryl. The tweet frame that's like, you know, the guy talking to the girl in the bar and she's just like pretending to listen to him and it says caption this. And the quote tweet is, okay, so Tokyo Drift actually takes place between F6 and F7. And at first we didn't know who T-boned Han. Then at the end of F6, we saw it was Deckard Shaw, Owen Shaw's brother out of revenge. And then in F9 and it starts trailing. I just want to be like, this is literally us. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. All right. I found D at Deandra underscore V, who says, Okay, so in Fast and Furious, the fourth movie in the franchise, Mia literally says, How do you say goodbye to your only brother? Now in F9, they have another brother. I really hate continuity errors. 
That's fair. But at the time, it was her only brother. Because <laughs> the other one was banished. So they were not I mean, they take banishment up. seriously. That's, that was my thought on that. Yeah. Don't don't speak it, don't say it. I'm saying we hate continuity errors too, but we love finding them and talking about them forever. Boy, do we have a podcast. Well played, sir. The final game is... Dude, what's my car? Dude, what? My car. What? Your car, dude. So now, Aaron, you said you're going to be on Joe's team here. So okay. this is a game where we have people email in pictures of cars. Mm. I try to get Joe and now you to guess what it is based on my terrible, terrible descriptions. So... Okay, I'm going to say here, we're just going to do this one. No, no numbers. Just, this is from Jerry. Cool. Subject line, car that will knock your socks off. Okay. So this is wild. i got to figure out this thing out. Hold on. Yeah, okay. So this car is both German and British. Interesting. Okay. There have been 2,157 units produced as of 2009. The It's two different manufacturers, hence the two different countries. If it will help you... It is black. Thank you. This is a... It, I, I, you might know about this. Aaron, how much... I know you said you're not really a car guy, but, like, do you know cars? Because I don't. So, like, wh where's your car... Where's the level of knowledge that you bring to this game? I can recognize certain aspects of brands. Okay. Okay. Fair. Cool. I don't know if that's going to help here, but maybe it will. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. But it is black, so you got that going for you. It's very long. It seems very long. It seems very low profile. Okay. Very sleek. Kind of Batmobile-y, but not as... It's like a sexier... Like, if there was a Batgirl mobile, it might be this. Like, it's it's more... It, it seems more feminine, more refined... Okay. ...than other cars I've described as being Batmobile-y in this game. Okay. So less phallic, or...? No, it also still looks like a big old dick. Like it's, not, it's not really like Bezos's spaceship that looks like a okay. dick, but like uh -huh. it's kind of dickish. There are what appear to be, though I don't know if they're functioning as such, exhausts, like steel exhausts right behind the front tires, like okay. in front of the driver's side door. Okay. Um, Two-door car, of course, because it is very sporty. The 2009. 2009. Okay. I think, hold on, let me find out Is actually. it a collaboration between two two manufacturers? I, I think so. So I'm going to look at some on wiki. It's a car jointly developed by these two things. Okay. Um, one company owned part of the other company and it was produced in conjunction. And it's an homage to a different car. <laughs> and this was offered in coupe, roadster, and speedster body styles. With the latter becoming a limited edition model. Who would one own the other one? Was it Audi mm -hmm. and Jaguar? No. German and UK. That might also apply to that, but no. BMW? One of them? No. no. Porsche? No. Volkswagen, then? No. Okay. Famous German brand Mitsubishi? I know that's not right. Mercedes? Um, <laughs> Mercedes-Benz is the Ooh, German one. Okay. Jaguar was the other one? No. Nope. You already guessed that. It's still no. It's still okay. a no for me, dog. Okay. Aston other... Martin? <laughs> yeah. No, not an Aston Martin. Close. Mercedes and who's the At other the 1999 North American International Audio sh Auto Show, Mercedes-Benz presented their concept for the... I don't know if this is a spoiler or not. What? Tell me. No, I'm just I'm just trying to read the wiki that's very long and I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, they, it was made between 2003 and 2010, I guess, but it only was really sold for a couple of years. I don't know. The, uh, the British automaker is someone's name. McLaren. 
Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Do you know of a collabo between Mercedes-Benz and McLaren? No, I don't. I know that McLaren drove Mercedes at some point. So the history is that Mercedes-Benz owned 40% of the McLaren group, and the okay. car was produced in conjunction between the two companies. Okay. Which I did not know. But it is very, very kind of easy, to be honest. I mean, not easy, but like P1? Mercedes-Benz SLR McLaren. Oh, okay. okay. Let me see. Which I did not know was a car. Here is a link to a couple of pictures that Jerry sent in. Uh, it's a cool car. Um, the inside looks kind of shitty, to be honest. Like those seats, the seats in the picture are not great. I don't. Think. Well, it's it's just like I like guess velvety. they just McLarened up an SLR. Like this was a car. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it does look like a Batmobile, though. I mean, I get that part for sure. Like, but like, there's been other cars that we have done in this game that are more Batmobile-y. Yep. Yeah, it's the front with like the pointy nose type situation. It's a very a yeah. very long hood, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I would still drive the shit out of this thing if I had one. Yeah. Right. Well, did that car knock your socks off? Because that's what Jerry said it would. It or did. Are your socks I... still on? I am barefoot, so I mean, it did something. Yeah. Mine wow. are still on, but not Take because them off, this Joe. didn't out throwing them right now. Well, thank you, Jerry, for sending that in. And thank you, Aaron, for joining us today on our Tokyo Drift episode. Thank you for having me. I've been, I've been having a blast to be here. That is great. You'll have to come back for a future movie that is not a Fast and Furious movie because we do all these pit stops. So, you know, whenever we have a new theme announced, well, you know, if you're interested in a thing, just let us know. And we'd be happy to have you back. But in the meantime, between now and then, if people want more Aaron Newirth, we already talked about the Out Now with Aaron and Abe show. If you want to talk about that a little bit, uh, We Live Entertainment. Where, where can people find you? What do you want to plug? Where is the best place to find at Aaron's PS4 on the Internet? <laughs> I in my room playing my PlayStation. I, I'm all over the place. You can find you, yes. You mentioned the podcast, which you two were both gracious enough to be on, to where we talk about F9. That is the show out now with Aaron and Abe, uh, where my friend Abe and I talk about weekly movie releases. We also do a commentary track every month, which is super fun. We just recently did Candyman, both the original for a commentary and the oh. new Candyman for the film discussion, which are both very, very cool. worthwhile. Um, I write for We Live Entertainment. That's where I do all my movie reviews. I also write for WhySoBlue.com, which is where I write, review Blu-rays and Criterion Blu-rays. And I occasionally get some pieces up on Variety. I just had one on Don't Breathe 2, a movie that I did not like. But, hey, the sound was excellent in that movie, and that's who I interviewed (laughs) for that film. Um, And I'm, of course, on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Uh, So what do you think? I mean, breaking news, not breaking news, a couple weeks old by this point, but Criterion 4K, how excited are you? I am very excited. It's been a lot of, uh, between me and my friends who also deal with 4K, it's been like all these other studios like Kino and Shout Factor, like all these other smaller like studio labels are putting out 4Ks and Criterion. Yeah, Vinegar Syndrome like, now too. Yep. Vinegar mm-hmm. Syndrome, yeah. Criterion's like, eh, I don't know, shrug shoulders. And now it's like, oh, okay, you're, you're getting into this and going big. So, And yeah. the f- selection of titles, I mean, right away with Citizen Kane and – and like a Holland variety, Drive, yep. the Holland Drive, mm-hmm. Menace, Menace of Society, like and, uh, the Red Shoes. That was one I was most excited about. It's like, yeah. And the big news right. today, I don't know if you saw it today, but they bumped Uncut Gems back by a month, but now they're, out, they're putting it out in 4K as well. Oh, so I, d- I definitely saw that, and there's definitely a gift from that movie that very much applies to that knowledge. Yeah. Holy shit, I'm going to come. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, if people are not, if, if people are like, 
where's Abe? Because, you know, it's out now with Aaron and Abe. I just want to, this is one of my favorite sentences I've ever gotten in an email. I was like, hey, you know, thanks for, because Mark introduced us, past guest Mark Hoffmeyer, yes. mm-hmm. really sowing his seeds throughout. Because remember on the SEMO uh, episode, SEMO trying very desperately to, and he he succeeded. And he's like, you know, Mark's at the bar so high. intensity, yeah. Yes. And so it was great. But then Mark introduced us to Aaron and Abe. And so I was emailing back and forth about Aaron to go on, uh, to go on their show. And I was like, hey, we'd love to have you guys on, on our show, too, if you really love these movies, or I don't know if it's just like a new release. And Aaron said, Abe is more of a frequent guest at the Toretto house as opposed to official family member. So, like, I just love that framing. Like, yeah, he hangs out, but, like, he's not really part. You know what I mean? So just if people are wondering, like, we would love to have Abe on, but, you know, Aaron's the one who's got the, the passion. He's the family. So that's why Aaron's okay. here. So thank you for that. And also thank you for that sentence. For, for sure. I'm happy that it's lived on. Uh, but I, I, I'm certainly happy to say that, it, like, you know, yes, I would agree. Abe's not a super fan in the way that obviously you guys are and I am. But He's certainly knowledgeable enough about the franchise. He's been oh, sticking with oh, me yeah. ever since we started the podcast when like Fast Five was one of our very first episodes. I'm certainly going to, you know, mess, you know, let him know that he's more than welcome to join you guys. Of course. Because it'd be great to have, great to hear him on here. As you know, as a podcast host, finding guests for shows can be very exhausting. And uh-huh. so especially for this, we're like for the main Fast and Furious movies. Joe and I are never going to talk about Tokyo Drift alone again. So we need guests for every episode. So Yeah. We're taking all comers because, goddamn, there's a lot of these movies. Like this format is is, is it's it's lunacy. So I mean, we people know that by now. But uh, I just want to give you. Mo- I mostly want to give you credit for like one of my very. Like I still like you email it in June and it's still stuck in my brain as a you know he's just more of a frequent guest there. So I just I love that so much. But uh, so now Joe, next week we teased it already. We were talking about F nine for the fifth time this time with Heather Antos. Okay. So. This is going to be our final of the one, two, three of Fast and Furious and F9 and a pit stop because we're going to do F9 one more time this lap at the end with a new guest. But this is the, f- the last time we're doing it with a new, like a full lap long guest. So mm-hmm. F9 next week. But between now and then, a Patreon exclusive movie, a movie that I would like to. Oh, actually. So, Aaron, you the, the movie we did last week that just came out today as we're recording this is a movie that you logged and it seemed like you really liked on Letterboxd. Uh, the World's Fastest Indian with, with oh, Anthony yeah. Hopkins. That movie's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> that, so wholesome. It really is. I, I'd seen it once years ago when it first came out. I was like, this is really good. And I finally, like, I've owned it for years without having watched it. I finally watched it. I was like, yeah, this was really good. <laughs> and, the, and the other one random thing I remember about this movie is it had a fucking Super Bowl commercial for some reason. Really? The, yeah. Wow. When the Super Bowl was happening, whatever year that was, 2004, right? Uh, five? Uh, four or five. I yeah. think five. I think five, what, yeah. Whenever it was, it was coming out in this, it was like coming out in like a January release or something like that. And it had a Super Super Bowl commercials. Like, why is, is this movie insane? Like, Magnolia paid like a million dollars for this movie to have an advertisement. Good for you, I guess. Like, that killed me. That's it's so the right crazy. demographic, though. It kind of feels like it's just like, yeah, wow. like like a dad, like an ultimate dad movie. I guess motorcycles yeah. and stuff. Like, I can see why to an extent. But it feels like such a big swing for a movie like that's like, yeah, we'll get on the Super Bowl. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins, <laughs> motorcycles, a trans character, our- like all oh, this is great. Like, yeah. <laughs> Our next movie, our pit stop, though, is a movie you gave four and a half stars to on Letterboxd, which I am very happy that you did because I love this movie. I had never seen this one. This has been an oversight, and then I saw it in theaters with a packed room at the Draft House in Austin. We're doing the Wachowskis Speed Racer. Oh, my Patreon. God. Yes. Speed Racer movie rules. rules. Movie kicks so much ass. It's oh so good God. and so weird and so crazy. Another one I'm very proud to have seen in theaters when it came out um, and not before it bombed heavily, uh, but it's such it's so good. It's such a good movie. Man, the Wachowskis 
Wachowskis have a bad reputation for like making clunkers, but like I adore this movie. I adore Jupiter Ascending. People complain that there's nothing but sequels and remakes, and then they, somebody tries something new. They're like, "Well, this sucks." It's like you can't get into <laughs> everything. Like, pick a lane and stay there. Yeah. But Speed Racer only on Patreon coming at you between this episode and the next episode. So if you want to join Too Fast Too Forever for just even a dollar a month gets you in the door, hear us talk about Speed Racer. Very excited to see it again, because I've only seen it the one time in theaters, and I loved it. So once again, thank you, Aaron. But for all things Too Fast Too Forever, go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast Too Forever, or at Too Fast Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Go to our Patreon at TooFastTooForever.com. Speed Racer coming at you in a couple days. And our store at TooFastTooForever.shop. Come back next week for F9 with Heather Antos. We will make her watch the movie again. Maybe. Theoretically. Possibly. Who knows? I don't know. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two. And that was Aaron Newworth of Out Now with Aaron E. But we'll tell you all about it. We'll see you.